chew bubblegum, recorded from a secret location in the city that moves mountains. We come in peace. How's it going today, Cronkite? Oh, it's going just well. How are you? I am doing good. Here to Chew Bubblegum, episode number 30, roundtable number two. I'm excited. Oh, I am very excited. We're going to introduce our guest in uh, just a moment. You know, we're going to have an excellent show today. Yeah, of course. We always have an excellent show. Well, I mean, just the sheer talent that's with us today. Yeah. Well, your voice sounds a lot better today, too. It does. Well, I feel a lot better Good. than I did last week. Good. You don't look like the Mucinex um, uh, booger anymore. Well, th- thanks. You're welcome. Uh, you want to tell us about something going on uh, in July, correct? I sure do. At the end of July, the Pikeville Comic and Toy Con, uh, their website is www. PikevilleComicCon.net, and they have a Facebook page or contact the e-store comic and tech shop on Facebook or call 606-263-4946. And that's going to be at the end of July, I think, what, uh, July? Uh, July 31st. July 31st. We We, will be there. We will be there, and we will be kind of mingling about with the folks. So if you see us, come say hi. We'd love to talk to you. Sounds good. You want to go ahead and introduce the guest, or you want me to? Sure. Um... To my immediate right. Straight uh, across the table from me. Oh, you mean you want to do it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, man. Sorry. To my immediate right, uh, looking mighty spooky, is Elliot, as always. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you may be listening. It's Elliot with the Spooky Family Podcast. I think if we just stare at him, maybe he'll keep going. We may. You can visit us at SpookyFamilyPodcast.com. Please visit us. I thought it was .net. We do have a .net, oh, okay. but we have .net.org. And .com. Oh, really? You I bought them all, so there, there you go. go. There you go. Well, I'm making, making sure, sure nobody hit. There. <laughs> yeah. And then straight across from me there to your immediate left, my fine feathered friend, is Justin with Talk Junkie. How are you doing today? Very good. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. It's always great to have somebody from my hometown on the show in Bunker Studios. Go ahead, say something. I don't say that. All right. All right, uh, but uh, Justin is a talk <laughs> junkie. We've been uh, talking about him for a while now. I actually had a uh, telephone interview with you uh, a while back. Uh, just unexpected, so hopefully you didn't mind us just calling you out of the out of the moment like that. No, I, I think it's pretty apparent if they listen to my podcast or if they heard me. I like to talk, so at any opportunity. Plus, you guys. Because of the the group nature of what you guys do, like you guys get to have this interaction. I don't get to have on mine, and it is really changed my outlook on what I want to do podcast wise uh I initially wanted to start out with a group and and it didn't kind of pan out and we ended up right. losing one of those individuals but uh it, it's so fun to listen but to actually get to be a part of it even on that phone in I uh, loved it we, we we are very glad you're here very glad Elliot's here we're going to start out with some listener email we sure are uh, I'll start first and then whoever wants to go second just start reading away uh, Jerry from Ohio says, hey, guys, I've listened since the first show, and this is the first time that I've written in. Great show last week. Old man Cronkite and Pamela did a great job. It was They did. I want to mention that real quick. How are you related to them? I know you can't be directly related no, to them. I, yeah, yeah, actually, that's his He dad. was very charismatic. He, I mean, he is a great guy. What are you saying there, uh, 
Elliot. I, listen, this is the first time I've saw you, and you keep telling people I'm from the future. So you are from the future. I am, and I know how you die. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> the, the voice gave it away. Yeah. Uh, when I when I heard the other voice, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, because apparently I sound a lot like my dad, and, and yeah. I don't hear it. Right. No, but I, I hear it on on your end. <laughs> now, oh, listen, yeah. they they did an excellent job, and that's what I was going to say. I want to invite them to. My podcast when we get the podcast going because I know well, you've got some scary stories. Well, definitely, yeah, and uh, and and um, Pamela also has uh, quite a few uh, interesting, yeah, interesting. Well, stories. We didn't get a chance yeah. to get into them last week. That's see, I, I want so. so don't let me let me steal those. Okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, no problem. So, well, uh, I mean, we're going to take some of them, obviously. Well, I mean, yeah, but the good we, ones keep. We we are here know. to chew bubble gum, so I mean, well, yeah, I mean, and I've got bubble gum, you know. <laughs> Uh, it was good to have their opinion and input. Can't wait for the roundtable. Thank you very much, Jerry, from Ohio. Before anybody goes next, I want to ask you something right now that we've had some listeners okay. email and ask. Once you do get going with the Spooky Family Podcast, yeah. you're still going to do Elliot's articles. I hope so, good. if you all let good. me. Yes, but, yes, we definitely yeah. want you to. We don't want to lose that. Yeah, I don't, I don't want this to be like, you know, we, there's one podcast here and there's one podcast here. I want it to be like a group. If if you're feeling conspiracy or UFOE. Listen to here to chew bubble gum, but if you're feeling ghosty, yeah, come over to the Spooky Definitely. Family. You know, and like we've got, we've, you know, we're not only going to be talking about ghosts, you know, uh, creepy pasta, anything spooky, you know, and missing four one one. Have you all been watching the missing four one one stuff? That is amazing, and we're definitely going to be, you know, touching on that, um, just all kinds of different stuff. But we don't plan on like. Here's the thing, I don't want to take any listeners and say. They're my listeners. Right. Like, I want them to be our listeners. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think we're all family. Yeah, Definitely. exactly. Exactly. And that's why, you know, um, I told my wife and my brother-in-law, I was like, if if Goose and, and Cronkite say no, we're not doing it. You know, that I mean, that's really the mindset I had. But uh, you guys were more than accommodating, and I appreciate it. And, you know, I just, you know, I want to make sure that we're promoting you and, you know, just oh, a big happy family. We're promote you and... Cronkite's had an idea of us getting an app yep. and having us our show on it, your show on it, Talk Junkie on it. I think that'd and be that's great. something that we may do. Kind of like a uh, Here to Chew Bubblegum Network and then have, you know, the archive, all of the uh, our shows, mm-hmm. Elliot's shows, Justin's show, whoever wants to be a part of it. And then that way, anytime anybody wants to go and listen to whatever show you want to listen to, it's there. Well, that's, that's the thing, too. I mean, like, you, you know, I've just, I spent recently, I've been out of town. Um, and one of the, my job takes me different places and they they have a, a building full of people who do their own podcast, mm-hmm. but they work together. And like, imagine if we could get an Eastern Kentucky podcast network where we're oh. not, we're not oh, hurting definitely. anybody. We're helping everybody. Yeah, that and would be great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what I would love to see. I would love to see that happen. Well, you, you, you would have a lot of shows that may not fall in the realm of what you guys do, but in regards to like you guys coming on and filling in the other day and doing that. It feeds so well into what this show is to begin with, and then, you know, just from listening to that, you can kind of tell, you know, as an outsider looking in, vice versa, this show is going to feed in. So they're going to be really complimentary to each other, and, you know, I don't think you look at people, there's 24 hours in a day, you know, you've got plenty of time listening to podcasts, and, you know, when one compliments the other like that, you know, it, it, it it makes it a more involved 
topic. Like, you know, you guys may even cross paths on similar topics, but you've only got so much time to get it out on your show. Right. What you want to say, right. they've only got so much time. Right. So, you know, when, when you can take it, because I do that. If I find a topic I'm interested in, there may be podcasts I don't generally listen to, uh, but I think it's ParCast. They have a huge network yeah, of shows, yeah, they do. And, and I listen to a ton of their stuff, like conspiracy theories, and then there's a new one about this guy was the fake CIA agent I'm obsessed with, but you can kind of cross-pollinate, you is know. That, yeah. Is that John Lashley? It, it that, could be. I, I, so. I don't have the greatest memory in the world, and I've just started listening to, I think, the episode four is Monday. Yeah, I've, I've been listening yes. to that one, too. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's infectious, but, you know, I kind of just bop around on whatever topic and and i think multiple shows gives you that that option well that's the thing like i listen to professional wrestling podcast i'm a fan of professional wrestling me too so like i listen to like all kinds of conrad thompson's i love conrad yeah yeah and jim Cornette. jim Jim cornett's got a great one um but so like you have no clue what we're talking about do you no i'm just sticking to mud but then you know i also listen to uh a lot of podcasts that deal with my job, you know. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yes, time travel pod. That's exactly right. He came here in the DeLorean. I seen it out for I did. Yeah. I did. He came for the year thirty sixty two. He was trying to get a uh, what was it? What was it? Coffee shop startup. Co- yes. Okay. Coffee shop. Okay. Yeah. I wanted actually. I wanted to come back and do Bob Lazar's uh, nuclear hardware, hardware, hardware store. Yeah. If we don't have a T-shirt to sell at uh, the Comic Con that says Bob Lazar's, I'm going to be very upset with you guys. Well, we're going to try to get one of those and one that says "I'm sorry, Stephen." Yep. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and have a picture of like a novel that's like this yes. thick and be like, "I'm <laughs> Just sorry, sitting Stephen." Sitting on top of it. Like, I think that would be awesome. Now I'm often a skeptic, and Lazar's one of those situations where I go, "Hmm." But now something I believe, as you had said, and, and I feel the same way about people that make money off these things, Lazar dodged making money off yeah, that yeah. He really did. He, yeah, he, he really did. And, and as much as I like to question everything to a thousand percent, that was the one thing I was like, no, man, Lazar really didn't. He, he did dodge it for a... Yeah. Uh, well, and even still yet, he's still trying to just live under the radar in all of these uh, documentaries and interviews, and they keep finding him. You know, and even even... Even to this day, every time he mentions element 115, he gets raided immediately. Unobtainium. Unobtainium, yeah. Who wants to go next? So, Dixon09 says, great show last week, guys. Cronkite's dad is hilarious, and Pamela has one of the sexiest voices that I've ever heard. I hope they come back soon. Roswell. I agree. And you know what? I'm going to go the opposite way. Your dad has one of the sexiest voices I've ever heard. Well, Elliot, he will appreciate that. You, you tell him that he has a fan. He I was impressed that Cronkite's voice is like that in person himself. He yeah. has a very radio voice. So in case mm. you all missed that, Justin just said Cronkite's voice is sexy. It That's is. What it, it, is it is somewhat sexy. And, you know, I mean, at least he got that from his dad. He didn't get the humor, but that's okay. <laughs> at all, no. And it is weird how many shades of red that Cronkite is turning at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. Moving on. Hey, <laughs> thanks for it. filling in for us there, Spooky Family. Hey, you're you all welcome. did a great job. I, lo- I listened to the show, and I loved it. You guys did it. do a great job. I loved it. Well, I appreciate that. And I'm glad you listened to it, considering we filled in for you, and we're trying to help you out. I'm that, glad you that's, listened. Honestly, that's probably the only show that he's listened to. <laughs> that's a fact. Well, listen, so. that's the funniest thing was uh, I, heard, uh, I heard Goose say on the next podcast, he was like, now, you ain't listened to it yet. And I was like, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> what do we well, do to you? So here's the thing. I have a uh, the job that I work. I don't. I'm not. I'm not usually alone. And I want to listen right. when I when, when I listen to something. I want to listen to it. I gotcha. Uh, so I only am able to listen to like actually listen like like say 
on the weekend, like Thursday and Friday. So then that's when I get to it. So by the time that the original podcast is recorded, I haven't listened to it. I got it. I totally <laughs> understand, man. Don't worry about it. I'm one of those people, too. Like when uh, Elliot's Articles comes on, I just fast forward. Do you really? Yeah. I Why? Really do. I, just, I can't listen to myself. I can't listen to myself. I thought we were supposed to during Elliot's article. Is that not? That's that's it. That's okay. the bathroom. No, break. go to the bathroom. That's yeah, the bathroom. The bathroom. Break. Yeah, that's absolutely. I'm the same way. I don't. I don't listen to my own podcast. I, I can't listen to myself. My voice is like nails on a chalkboard to my brain. It I, is. I do listen to this podcast and our radio show podcast that's or because, our radio shows. Well, that's because you like to hear yourself talk no, and smell your own no, farts. That's your that, thing. That is not it. <laughs> that's well, that's the responsible thing to do is to go back and check everything's right. I just can't make myself that, do it. That is exactly right. You know, I, I go back to make sure, you know, that everything translated like it was supposed to, Would all it? the music, all the, you know. I mean, e- even though I check it out while I'm editing it and putting it together, I still go back and listen. Just so I can learn. No, honestly, you know, just so I can, you know, if there's something that I can improve on, I will do that in the next one. Does anybody see how defensive he's getting? (laughs) Hey, buddy. I'm so glad there's other people here because usually it's one-on-one and I, I back down. But, like, now I, I feel like I've got – No, man, listen. You just, like, you just don't have nothing to come back with usually. <laughs> well, now I'm, I'm route up. Let's do it. I do a podcast with my wife. You want to talk about backing down, buddy? I'm like, she's, you know. Yeah. As soon as she says no, I'm like, all right, sounds Dude, good. You got it. You're absolutely right. <clears throat> Did you – I've got one, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, Jake, not from State Farm. <laughs> On the next roundtable show, you should talk about Ronald Reagan and UFOs, Roswell. And that is one of the subjects we'll be talking about Definitely. when we start uh, the show. Uh, Justin, you're up. Stephen from North Carolina. Wait, no. No, no I was going to say that. Dempsey. Uh, hey, Goose and Cronkite, we need more conspiracy theories for the roundtable show. And we would definitely have that uh, one as well. I'm, I'm looking at a whole stack of conspiracy yeah. theories. Uh, well, no, that's that's Stephen's email. Oh, okay. My yeah, bad. So. My bad. Uh, let's see. Mike from Kentucky says, hey, guys, who would like a good drink? What is your favorite liquor? For me, it's a variety of 40% alcohol brandy. Sure. I'm not much of a drinker, but uh, I would say Miller Lite. I was sober for... 10 or 12 years, just, I mean, absolutely nothing. And since that, I've maybe drank twice, and it's been Buffalo Trace both times. So I would have to say Buffalo Trace, but I despise beer. Yeah, I don't, I don't drink at all. But um, Dr. Pepper, zero sugar. That's oh, really good. That, that stuff is awesome. I'm I can go with the Dr. Pepper. That stuff is awesome. It tastes identical to regular Dr. Yes, Pepper. it does. And this I, is not a commercial. I'm not getting paid for that. But that's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably just going to go with screwdrivers. I think. I think they're you all. Right. Are, your whole life is a screwdriver. Listen, vodka. You can't turn. You can't go wrong with vodka. You might as well eat a potato while you drink it. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Get, go ahead. Get him, Cronkite. Get him. I don't Re- know what he's. I don't know what he's getting at here. Read your next one. I don't drink a whole lot. This goose. You look like, than you. You look like <laughs> Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> Lucas from Kentucky says, "Hey, Goose Cronkite, Ned and Elliot. My dad is having aorta leakage, and it's really severe. Please pray he." Ha- uh, he's raised me since four years old, and I'm begging regardless. If anyone gets upset for doing it on the, on on this, please forgive me, but I'm desperate. Yeah. Definitely lift you up in my prayers, yeah. Lucas. Same here. Father. Same here. Absolutely. So was it funny? Hold on. I'm, I'm not to mention this before I get to it. <laughs> no, it was not funny. That well, was no, no, that wasn't funny. That was a serious funny. email. But what, was it funny wrong that we got medical advice questions on the show? Yeah, that we had? that yes. was pretty funny. Yeah, I was, was like, man, we can't tell you what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want us uh, to do? But anyway, Lambdo. Hey, Cronkite Goose, Elliot, and Ned. 
There is an out there question, but would you bang an alien chick? I'll listen for your answer. Roswell. Yes, yes, this is Kronka, and absolutely yes. This will be one that will cut off uh, the radio show when we broadcast this on the radio show. 100%. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if you like, meet any of my ex-girlfriends, I'm, it's possible I've met some alien yeah, chicks. Yeah, yeah. I'm going on 19 years of marriage. I, I don't want to be miserable on two planets. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Goose? No, no. Oh. Smartest answer so, out of all of us. So far, it's just me. It's just you. <laughs> What's that? So. More for me. <laughs> With that sexy but, radio voice. <laughs> but uh, what if she looked like a dog? But I mean, I will be the first person to. What if she looked like Bigfoot? Nail an alien chick. <laughs> I, I really don't know what to say after that. There's nothing you can't say. There's okay. somebody out there who can say the same thing about Anna Nicole Smith, and they're not <laughs> proud about that. So <laughs> that, that initial pride could fail real quick. <clears throat> see. I see Nicholas from Virginia. <coughs> Hello, everyone. It's my first time writing in. I really enjoyed the show last week. Old Man Cron- Cronkite and Pamela are ear candy. Roswell. Absolutely. Yeah, they are. 100%. Yeah. If you need to know what ear candy is, that is the best version right there. Yes, it is. Very much so. Tiffany from Kentucky says, hey, here to chew bubble gum for the round table. I'd like to hear about the secret space program. Thanks. And keep searching for the truth. Roswell, my friends. And uh, well, you will be hearing about that in this show. Sure will. Shane from Texas says, I love researching the Sphinx. The hole in the head was definitely there. Uh, I have seen pictures of the hole. Uh, why would they seal it up if the Sphinx is the Sphinx full of tunnels and why is it not reported? Radar has said there is a void under the left paw. There is definitely more behind the Sphinx than is reported. I reckon anything that was in the Sphinx or under the paw of the Sphinx has already been taken out and stored away in a Raiders of the Lost Ark style warehouse. Can why, you read, why was everybody giggling? Can you read that again? I will not. No, okay. If if you have a lot of interest in the Sphinx, check out Dr. Randall Carlson's research on that. He, in my opinion, just looking at you know any method you could use to date that, his method is far and away probably the best, and he's adding a couple of thousand years to that dating. I don't I don't think they're very accurate on their original dating. Hmm. Problem is you can't really question Egyptologists yeah. uh, if you do, even if they're completely wrong. It's been proven many times in the past that they are completely wrong, but if you question them, they kind of shut you out and you don't have access to anything because it's a really political deal over there. They they own it, they run it, and they dictate who gets to come in there. And Dr. Carlson's got to go back numerous times, uh, but I think his association with Graham Hancock is kind of soured a little bit of their relationship but i mean he has the most compelling timeline for that to me which i've always been a pretty big believer in in civilization being much older than what we we assume it is right and then uh what was it it's something like uh well they they originally think that the sphinx is what twelve thousand. um no they they want to kind of keep it to right around within that six thousand to eight thousand range some okay. somewhere around uh you know with with the discovery of Gobekli Tepe, that kind of pushes back civilization a little bit further. What they've discovered, and uh, you know, they they want that to be newer than Gobekli Tepe, and I think Gobekli Tepe is looking right around eight thousand to ten thousand years ago. Okay, somebody I, I read something about uh, nine ninety five hundred something like that. That that definitely could be more accurate than than you know what they thought back in the 80s and right. stuff like that it, it's it's the water damage that carlson's looking at and 
that could put it in excess of Carlson and Hancock have this theory about uh, the younger dry period right around 10,500, 11,000 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe it's 11,500 to 12,000 years ago. And, and we've got pretty good evidence of some ice melting sheets and stuff. And they're, they're dating it to that time or older. Okay. So John from the future state of Indiana. Now wait. Okay. Is it John from the future state of Indiana or is it John from the future state of Indiana, which would put him in the past? Hmm. You see yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yes. the internet. I've not made him at any of the conventions, the time traveling conventions. But hey, HTCBG, Time Travelers is my recommendation for the next roundtable show. Also, I'm a huge, huge fan of last week's guest. They did a great job, Roswell. Well, I, well, we actually have a real live time traveler with us today. We'll be talking about time travel. Right, and I knew you were going to say that because I've heard that before. Yeah, and you've, you keep saying you've seen the way I die. Do you actually kill me? Bison night at Jenny Wiley State Lodge. <laughs> just don't go. If Goose invites you, just do not go. That's all I'm saying. Let's see. Roman from Kentucky. I am a healthy human male with a functioning digestive system. I have flatulated 28 times so far today. Is this normal? I think those numbers are subpar, but I don't think I would go to the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. When did we become the medical show? I don't know. The WebMD is a certified jackass. Is that, do you do you want to you want to uh, take that one? You have a lot in common with Roman. What are you talking about? Well, he farts a lot. Yeah, you're the only one who makes fart jokes on this show. Not Dude, me. I make jokes. You actually do it. Dude, it's recorded on camera that you have literally farted on me four times. No. Yeah. No. no. I don't even know what you're talking about. You are disgusting. Can, can I say I missed the midweek moment? No, you can't. Pop down. I'm the, the only person that, like, I miss yeah, it. Yeah, he actually emailed that, too. So I missed the we, we, uh, we, we are going to have some stuff coming up soon. Uh, you know, the Randonautica. Mm-hmm. We'd love to have you guys do that with us if you want to, you know. Uh, so Beagle, you know, mm-hmm. my brother-in-law. He is a. Uh, he wants. He has offered that anything you want to do that may be dangerous mm-hmm. in any way, he'll do it. Like, just let him know. And well, I want to. Will he eat dog food? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does anyway. So, <laughs> his name is Beagle. That's all I'm gonna say. We wanted to uh, uh, redo the uh, the lightning, lightning with a cat on a keystring experiment. We, we call some. that Tuesday. Okay. Well, so, there we go. Just whatever you want to do. <laughs> Oh, if, if he's open, you know, uh, there is a hole in Letcher County. I don't know if you guys have ever heard this. This bottom, supposed bottomless pit on the numerous. Oh yeah, up on Lonson. Yeah, we actually, we yeah, we actually talked about that on the show a little bit. Yeah, that that. Uh, Do you know where that's at? I know where the one that uh, I guess not the one they dropped the die in, but the okay. one that the state police had to go check out back. I guess seventies or eighties, yeah. because I work with a gentleman that's on his grandparents' property. Um, it has a false bottom to it now. So much stuff is failing and stuff, right. and I don't know how accurate the depictions of the depth of it are. But the one in the train tunnels one always got me going from Jenkins, the the abandoned train tunnel yeah. going from Jenkins. Uh, my understanding is they never could fill that up. I guess they just laid track right over it. I don't oh, wow. know if you can get to that now or not. Wow. Hmm. That's pretty that, cool. That is very cool. That so very I say cool. we get some rope and a GoPro and we can and put my brother-in-law right down in that hole. Hey, sounds good to me. Uh, I want to thank all of our listeners for writing in. You can always call, text, or leave a voicemail by calling 606-373-3396 or you can email. Email Goose at Goose here to ChewBubbleGum.com or Cronkite. Cronkite at here at chewbubblegum.com. You can reach Ned or Elliot. 
at here to chew bubblegum at yahoo.com. Please put in the attention in the subject line attention Ned or Elliot. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, a YouTube page, a TikTok page, a Twitter page, and an Instagram page. You can email, message, call, summon us, whatever you'd like. <clears throat> you know, I've not seen any dances by Goose on the TikTok page yet. That no. was his idea, and he said he was going to dance. I heard well, him say and, and we will we will be putting some stuff up. I won't be dancing. You will be dancing. That's uh, what Twitter or that's what TikTok's all about. Yeah, but I've not put you in a corner, baby. What? <laughs> I carried a watermelon. He's too young for that. Yeah. I dyed my hair. I'm wide headed. I dyed my hair to avoid those comments <laughs> from Cronkite. <laughs> I have no idea what you people are talking the, about. N- never mind. Never mind. I carried a watermelon. Are you all old? We're going to uh, take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the secret space program and conspiracy theories. So secret, you can find it on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite kind of secret. You're listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. We'll be back in just a few moments. fresh, authentic Mexican food, you want El Picante and Cole Run. Dine on sizzling hot fajitas, the freshest pico de gallo, or if you're craving their secret ingredient jalapeno dip, the only place you'll find it is El Picante. Look, there are Mexican restaurants on every corner. The difference is in the mouth-watering food and the great service you'll get at El Picante and Cole Run. Visit El Picante for lunch today. Hey, this is Jennifer the Puppet. You're listening to Hit a Chew Bubblegum with my boyfriend, Cronkite. And welcome back. Little original NWA wrestling music to bring us back there. Rest in peace, Don Carnoodle. Oh, yes. Uh, Les Thatcher. Yeah. So you have no clue, do you? I'm just happy to be here. Okay. That that was wrestling. Right. Not wrestling. That was wrestling. That's what I enjoy. That's wrestling music. Hey, Cronkite, say something funny. No. I can't wait till I get my own sound uh, stuff. You're not going to get one. I, you are not allowed to have one. I'm getting some. No, I'm getting some. No, effects. no, no. You Don't are not. you worry about that. No, you are not. No, you're He'll not. make his own. Yeah. Oh. Womp womp. What? Womp womp. See, that was just, uh, I'm that good. You are. You are. We're going to start out talking about the secret space program. My favorite. Is it really? <laughs> Yeah. Well, go ahead and start us out then. Well, long time ago, there was a space guy, and he <laughs> met a space woman, and they... Uh, had a space baby. They had a space baby, and that's how it started. Okay. Um, a lot of people think that um, public knowledge became available with the Secret Space Program when uh, Gary McKinnon... Are you guys familiar with Gary McKinnon, the computer hacker? The white hat hacker. Yes. Um, and we've talked about him on the show before. Do you remember? Yes, and... Um, if he's the one I'm thinking about, um, he was the guy from Scotland. Yeah, he looks a little bit like an alien. No, dude, the guy has Asperger's disease, and you're making that fun is, of him. That's extremely that, that is very cold. That's very harmless. cold. I, I Pretty really sure Asperger's doesn't affect your physical. Well, appearance. You're, I don't you're, know. I mean, you're still making fun of somebody. Yeah, my, my son has it, and, and you know he is attractive like me, but still, that's. When did we become the medical show? 
I don't like this. Why? I don't like it. Well, you're this. the you're the one that I made like the it. comment. You know what? I'm gonna look him up, and I'm gonna prove to you that he looks like uh, an alien. He does not look like an alien. <laughs> well, anyway, from February 2001 to March I mean, 2002, Cronkite has admitted that he's attracted to aliens. So. Wait, yeah, yeah. He would, yeah. he would bang an alien chick and puppets, apparently. So, yep. uh, but anyway, yeah, look from, at this. Look at this guy. He does not look like an alien, man. He looks like a human hybrid. Really? He looks nothing like Elon really? Musk. Yeah. You're, no, Elon Musk is a clone. I say he's a hybrid. So This guy is definitely an alien-human hybrid. Well then, well, then go ahead and tell us about Gary. I don't know anything about him. I'm just saying he looks like an alien-human <laughs> hybrid. He looks like somebody from Scotland. <laughs> he looks like you. What? Hmm? Huh? I thought you were going to talk about the secret space force or well, something. You won't shut up and give me long enough to... I mean, I wish you would just go and stop talking. Anyway, from February 2001 to March 2002... Uh, he was born in 1966. Gary McKinnon, uh, under the, using the name Solo, hacked NASA computers. Computer hacking is what he's known for. <laughs> and uh, when he got into the computers, he found some very uh, uh, intriguing information. His mom was Janice Sharp. Okay. His dad was Charlie McKinnon. Go ahead. Please, go Please continue. He graduated from Highgate Wood School. I'm assuming that's a high school. That's all. That's all I can find on. Oh, okay. All right. And he was uh, uh, Janice Sharp was from Zeta Reticula, and uh, Charlie was from uh, uh, Glasgow, Eastern Tennessee. Well, <laughs> Eastern Tennessee. <laughs> that's how. That's how he became a thing. Well, well, Gary claimed that he wanted to get into the computers to try to find out some uh, secret government uh, information about. Technology for free energy. Once inside, he found some very interesting pictures from the Johnson Space Center of a cigar-shaped object. And he also saw a list, uh, let me make sure, a non-terrestrial officers list, which listed officers that were qualified to fly non-terrestrial planes, such as the TR-3B. So now, the, the non-terrestrial officers, these are not alien officers, these are... These are humans that are... That are flying, I suppose... Spacecraft. Yes. Okay. Well, what ARVs, I think, is what they call them. Okay. But uh, anyway, he got the uh, idea from a book written by Donna Hare, who was a former CIA... I'm sorry, NASA contractor, who claimed that she did uh, do, like, film developing, you know, uh, in the 70s, and removed pictures, you know, from Building 8 at the Johnson Space Center. And the uh, TR-3B, you know, uh, was really uh, public pictures of the TR-3B didn't come out until after Gary hacked the NASA computers. So with all that information, people claimed that he found a secret space program. Well, I mean, we've said for a while, though, that we thought there was a secret space program that started in the 40s. Mm -hmm. Well, I I mean, mean, with with the Nazis. There was the whole, you know, Elliot's articles about Planet Serpo. Did you? Yes. Yeah, yes. I'm sorry, I was in the bathroom at the time. I know, that's, that's why I brought it up. I need some people out there to know about it. But uh, my favorite thing about Gary McKinnon, before we move on to the content, is uh, he didn't hack these computers using his own computer. No. The man was smart enough to use his girlfriend's aunt's computer. Mm. So. And he used, like, just a simple, basic IT, yeah. you yeah. know. So, like, when did... 
when did he hack these? Was it like the, the early the, 90s the, or something? The, no, the first time was February 2001. Okay, so it was early 2000. And he did it all the way up until he got caught March of 2002. Wow. And you have to think about that timeline for a second because what happened in September of that year? Right. And then to think that he was still had pretty much free access to the government's computers after that is kind of mind blowing, you know. Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> so you know, he was posting he was posting pages that just said your security is crap. And that's all he would, <laughs> he would post it. <laughs> so they would get on and it'd just say your security is crap. That's well, one well uh, maybe I need to throw one of these articles away then. <laughs> Why? I don't think it's a conspiracy any longer. <laughs> okay. Well, um, you, uh, I, I was going to mention this, too. It's now a fact. Yeah. I was going to mention this, too. And I, I've been doing this for the last couple of months, and I was going to mention this to you and forgot. You can search a subject on Google, and then you can search that same subject on DuckDuckGo. Yep. DuckDuckGo is a lot better search engine. I have no idea what that is. It, it's just a, it's just a, a search engine. You know, I, it's on my phone. It's it's all that I use. Yeah, I have it on my phone as well. You know how when you go into Google and you go type something in and it's got the predictive text, you know, it's going to... Well, it also does that somewhat based on your patterns of activity on any of their platforms because you realize Google owns YouTube, they own Gmail, you know. <clears throat> and one, it on the least sinister level of it, it's just giving you what it thinks you want to see instead of kind of what would pop up if you just searched. Secondly, they also filter out a lot of things. And this is in no way, I'm not trying to talk about this conspiracy. I'm not saying I believe this. This The best example is uh, the doctor in Cal- or Florida that died after getting the COVID shot. If you looked that up on Google, it did not exist. If you looked it up on DuckDuckGo, it was our first page. Uh, but there's a lot of things like that, and especially yeah. things that are more government-oriented. A lot of people are kind of under the impression that the government is allowed to kind of influence what pops up, what comes, you know, because a lot of companies help them and they, they give them criteria of which to search by and that kind of alters their search. It's not that it's always some sinister thing they're doing. It's just kind of how their program is set up, whereas DuckDuckGo is rudimentary, like an old school search engine. You type it in, it literally search for those words and phrases that you put in. Hmm. You know, know yeah, now, you know, um, I think that Google may censor some stuff, whereas DuckDuckGo wouldn't. Oh, they definitely censor a lot know. of things, but and they're fairly open about yeah, it. They they yeah. they do censor a lot of things, but DuckDuckGo doesn't. Yeah, they they and also DuckDuckGo does not track your IP address, your position, anything of that nature. When you go into DuckDuckGo, uh, you you can go to Amazon.com from DuckDuckGo, and it will not have the back paper trail back to you, whereas if you go through Google to there, you've got the Amazon side tracking you, and you've got Google tracking you. Once you're done on DuckDuckGo, there's a little fire emblem at the bottom. You hit it, burns everything that you've been on, and, and gets rid of it. Things are starting to make sense now. The, uh, my recent Google searches. Uh, but anyway. Um, you're going to quit using Wikipedia. <laughs> also, fun fact about Gary McKinnon, he hacked them using a 56K dial-up computer. Wow. Yes. Yes. What? You don't want me to... I don't use... The only time I use Wiki is if... Or like Wikipedia is if it's like just to get the basic information. Right, like right. I don't use it for everything. Okay. So when did you stop? I never have. Okay. I don't okay. understand. Well, are you calling me a shit researcher? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? No, I didn't say you that. Know what? Oh, that's your ass. <laughs> um, 
let's see, some uh, top five secret space programs. Uh, Solar Warden. Elliot, what do you think about Solar Warden? I, I mean, I'm very skeptical of all these space programs. Let me just throw that out there to begin with. Um, I don't know, man. Well, that one leaks back to have, that was not known until Gary McKinnon hacked the NASA computers. Right. He Didn't he say that he, like, one of the things that he found, and I'm going by memory here, but he, he got Excel sheets that mm-hmm. had the names of people, but he didn't have a clue. Like, he couldn't find names of ships or whatever, right. but he said there were, um, how, did, how was it said, there were transfers with other people, other organizations or other other life forms, I think. But it, it, it's not stated that way. I can't remember what it was said. But here's the thing. There were fleet-to-fleet transfers. Fleet to, okay. Yeah. So, But here here's the thing that I don't understand about this. So I get that there might be a secret program out there, but how do you hide it? Because I'm, I'm going... Okay. <laughs> listen, right. I'm, back to, I'm back to this, okay? Like... The only way to keep a secret between two people is to kill one of those people. Yeah, you know or what I'm saying? be a part of the secret. Or be a part of it. Well, but here's the thing: how do you keep it a secret? But how we we know we know nothing about space. We the the, the civilian satellite or the civilian telescopes and satellites that we have in orbit only seen about ten percent of the sky. Right. So well, I mean, it's it, you could hide in plain sight and okay. not ever see it. Well, well I mean. Okay, I don't want to jump in on anything because I know you've got stuff planned. Right. But, you know, there is the dark side of the moon. There is the right. whole ideal that there could be stuff there. And I, and I get that. I totally do. And we talked a little bit about this when we talked about um, – we had that great email uh, on the, the show that we hosted from the guy whose grandpa was oh, in yeah, the worked at NASA. That was amazing. And if yes. you all get an email from that, I'd love to hear that. Oh, yeah, definitely, story. definitely. He's but, not emailed back yet. But he said that there were people already on, or things already on the moon when he got there. I understand all this, and I agree with, you know, like I know this is the conspiracy, you know, like that we're talking about, but here's the thing. I, I'm very skeptical about anything to do with a, with a space program that, that's – we wouldn't know about. Okay. I mean, th- think about it like this. When Trump announced Space Force, everybody was like, ah, oh, you're stupid, you know, blah, 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 and all this. So was he just announcing something that was already in place? Do you get what I'm what? saying? Like, you know, or, yeah, um, right. No, I think probably giving a public face to something that was already there. Well, as far as keeping it secret, that's not real hard. Line up 20 people on the street and ask them what the Kardashians did last week, and they can tell you. Tell them, ask them what their leaders did last week, and they have no clue. Some of them may not know who their governors are, their mayors are. People are, uh, their ignorance is bliss. They're, they're delightfully uninformed. So hiding something like that, to me, the most, from just researching, because this was fairly new to me, you know, outside the Star Wars program, things of that nature, I'm familiar with that. Uh, I believe any presence we have in space would be hard for the common person to prove, and, and I believe we most definitely have been investing and funneling money into that. The surprising part to me was that he found any of this information from NASA, a predominantly uh, civilian organization. They're not going to have a lot of this. If anything, to me, that's more of a, uh, look, here's some crumbs, take this and play with this. I, I'm going to say whoever's running that is going to be a lot higher up, and I, I think maybe the formation of something like this Space Force 
is a way to not have to do so much black budget funding and be able to kind of put a little more money out in the light. That way, look, we're still from September 10th, 2001, we are still looking for, I forgot how many trillions of dollars that went missing in black budgets that oh, we, we couldn't never, show. We just never mentioned that again. You know yeah. What I mean? like, you just, know, it, it, yeah. But, uh, and I'm going back to this, and I'm sorry. I don't, I no, don't no, no, you're totally fine. But, and, and it's just, to me, it seems like the government can't, the gov- like, I go back to this, the government can't get stimulus checks out to people who, you know, like, aren't dead. <laughs> They're sentenced. So I don't think they could keep a multi-billion or trillion dollar Space Force secret well, for as long okay. as they did. And I, and I do think that if they had that information, they wouldn't have put it on a computer that could be hacked by a 56K dial up well, and, and, and I totally get what you're coming from, where you're coming from, but the TR3B... Just and you saw pictures of that. Have I you have. saw pictures of that? No. Okay. You know that made appearances in in the mid eighties, right? And people thought it was a uh, spacecraft, yeah. not from this Pop- world. Popular mechanics were the first people to yes, post that. Post yes. a picture, you know, and it looks like. I mean, and we've even talked about it on the show before. There was an unsolved mysteries episode where the artist depiction is was a TR three B. Right. You know, and I think there were some police officers from Ohio who actually chased it, you know, for several miles. And <sighs> but that's Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just all right. Now and, and, and the Space Force always existed. I think it started in the eighties under the branch of the Air Force. But what Trump did is just made it its own solo branch. To do what you're saying, it to have more of a public yeah. they've made it so long without being seen, the easiest way to hide is in plain sight. Let's just throw this out here. It's a lot easier to just get it out. But, you know, as far as them worried about how they run our day-to-day lives, we have very little meaning to them outside of what money we can produce them. But when it comes to putting money into something black budget, especially like a space defense program, Take any conspiracy or alien element out of it whatsoever. What's the biggest benefit to being in space and having that superiority in space? That is missile launches from other countries. So that's probably the catalyst of this more than anything. And then from there you can go, okay, what else can I do? But if that's the case and it exists, it is going to be the most top secret thing you got going at the time because you don't want Russia to know your missiles are useless. You don't want China to know your missiles are useless. Let them run in circles and keep doing what they want to do. So, you know, and you look at how eager, even though inept they are at it, China is to get into space at this point. Very true. And to Justin's point as far as um, where the, the masses can tell you what reality show did what the night before, People like us who who actually research and look and think and can are not blissfully ignorant and are looking actively looking for the truth and all this BS that's been thrown at us are considered kooks. I mean, yeah, there's that. There is a lot of disinformation out there that Mm -hmm. is purposefully put out there to to keep people, you know, blinded to what's going on. I agree a hundred percent with that. But just, I mean. The Space Force is just something I can't, I cannot wrap, you know, space, like the secret space program. Now, listen, you want to put me in, like, we, we'll talk about Roswell all day long. I believe something happened there. I just don't believe that we have hundreds and hundreds of people in space 
and we've kept it a secret since the 80s or the 70s right. or, you know, whenever right. it's kind of 40s, I'm 60s. Not, and, and, boys, I mean, I'm not saying right. it's not possible. I'm just saying I don't believe it's right. possible that right. they could do that. Oh, yeah. I, well, agree. I agree with that completely. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I think that that's it. it. I think more or less it's probably in its infancy, and right now it's probably, you know, NASA itself is hitching a ride to space with Russia because they don't have a program to get there until Elon gets his completely locked and loaded. So... NASA itself is budget is broke, but I, you know, asteroid defense, missile defense. To me, when you talk secret space program, I kind of look beyond all this other stuff that's not provable, and I look at it more from that regards. And from that, something could grow into what kind of the conspiracy theory is that it is. Yes, I, I do believe that the government probably like I believe the Star Wars SDI research. I believe all that was true. I did. I've talked to Cronkite about this. I don't know why we would need a space laser. Like he, I know it's supposed to be to shoot down in you know ballistic missiles or nuclear missiles. We have terrestrial weapons that right. can do that. But yeah, I believe that we're probably trying to militarize space. I, I, I oh, no guarantee. Doubt. Yeah, I guarantee that's true. Well, you control the high ground. But you did bring up something that makes me think that this is even worse. Like, it's, it's just not possible, is the fact that we ha- now have private citizens. We have Musk. We have other people who are putting things into space. How do you hide a space force when uh, Elon down the road or, uh, you know, Virgin Air Flights are sending up rockets? It's Doesn't that make it harder? That is true. That's true. That is, but now going back to what Goose is saying, um, the <clears throat> space force started in the 80s. Yeah, you say, yeah. I, I think it started before that. I think when NASA became I think it started as, with Roswell. Yeah, I think if when it started. I think when yeah. I think when NASA branched off in the fifties and became its own, that was the space agency, and the the Air Force up to that point handled anything that was related to that. I think those folks in the Air Force were still continuing to do their thing, and that's where our, if if this current Space Force exists, probably is where that came from because it's always been a military operation. Uh, you know, one of the things about NASA that always struck me is we go to the moon, we come back, and basically we don't even have the hardware, the ability. Mathematicians on the fly calculated that course there and back. That's how we got there. So apparently we don't have the ability to do it as well, even with modern technology as we did. But NASA NASA doesn't have much of anything. They've not done much of anything. They've not really been involved with much of anything it's that separation more than likely from the government and it becoming more privatized and more civilian that I would think maybe, you know, our real space program is more than likely a, a black project space program. Yeah, definitely. And going back to the, the privatized of, of space travel, look at what happened to the airlines in the 70s when it was deregulated. You finally had a lot of small companies starting to come up and airline is cheaper than ever now or travel is cheaper than ever now. Um, yeah, but at the, at the uh, yeah yeah you're right. I'm not I'm not going to make a comment of what I was going to say. Go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, it had nothing to do with it. It was just it was just a stupid comment, you know. Go ahead. Well, I'm, I mean, we're used to your stupid comment. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I mean, uh, and and you're totally right there. It is cheaper. But back you know years ago when people were going to board an airplane, they actually dressed nice. Yes. They you know. They bathed. They didn't stink, you yeah. know. And yeah. now you're getting on planes with somebody. It looks like they've not brushed your teeth in six months. That's exactly right. In some cases, there's chickens running the aisle. Yeah. Depends on what part of the world you're in. 
Well, I mean, I've never been on a commercial flight with a chicken, but I have been on with some people that's like, <laughs> I'm sitting there wondering. But, how, you know, but, you know I, your point is correct. I mean, 50s, 60s, even 70s, it was a big to-do to go yeah. to travel by air. Yeah. I wish we'd get it to that point again, but you're right. You're sitting next to somebody who's got sweatpants and a two-day-old beer-stained T-shirt. Yeah. It's disgusting. I mean, it's yeah. a, it's a horrible and, way to travel and, anymore. You know, I mean, and like I said, that had nothing to do with what we were talking about. But no, I, I, uh, I, I just thought I thought your stupid comment was going to be making fun of me and so no, So no. I'm glad it wasn't, and I will jump in with you and say I agree. Okay. Um, What's your thoughts, Elliot, on the recent all the recent UFOs that have been spotted? Okay, so it's it's not going to be a popular opinion right. among the listeners, but I don't think it's extraterrestrial. I think there's probably some kind of earthly, you know, terrestrial reason behind right. all this. <laughs> Again, I, you know, disclosure, I know everybody wants disclosure to come, but disclosure is not going to come unless it makes a government some money. That's, I mean, that money or power. That's, yeah. Those are your two things. And I really don't see how, you know, <laughs> just, I just don't think it's, I don't think it's extraterrestrial. I think it's, I think those TikTok uh, videos, you know, they, those craft do crazy things. I agree. But how do we know it's not either our government or another government that has come up with some kind of drone that, you know, can pull that off. Well, no, I, I agree with you on that. When, when well, we, I think a lot of the UFOs that we're seeing now are reverse engineered of yes. something, that okay. we, that's something that may have crashed. Yeah, let me, or, let me clarify my position on that. I'm not saying that, that everything is terrestrial and there's no such thing as, as extraterrestrial beings or anything like or EBEs. I'm not saying anything like that. All I'm saying is I think the current things, the things that are being released to the public are not things that are actual extraterrestrial. I, and when I say that I don't believe real disclosure is coming, I, I really don't believe real disclosure is coming. I believe that they will use whatever they put out there to control our lives even more or to make money or to gain more power. That's right. what I'm saying. Now, the, uh, I think the only way real disclosure happens is if an, a UFO lands on the White House lawn and there happens to be CNN, Fox News, and MSNBC there when it captures. happens. I've said that before. Like yeah. The only way they're going to actually say, yeah, hey, this is real, is if it's a very publicized, hey, there's it's, no denying this thing landed right here. Here it is. I think anything that the government releases itself needs to be we need to be very skeptical of, no well, matter what it is. You Even know, if it's something we want, right. I think it needs to be, we need to say, why are they doing this? Why well, sure. are they doing and, it now? And, and it, it's a shame that we have to distrust our government like that, but we, we do have a, a little bit of a track record of being a little shady. Well, uh, I mean, the Founding Fathers, again, I go back to this, the Founding Fathers made sure there were things in the Constitution that said if our government started acting shady and started doing stuff, we were to, you know, Keep them in check. Yeah. We've moved away from that a little bit, I think. We've moved away from that a whole yeah. lot. But, I mean, so even back then, they knew, you know, things happen. Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. I just, I don't think this is, I don't think this is real disclosure. June 1st is going to be a fun day for well, a lot of people, you know, not and, for me. And, and that's, that's something that's actually a little bit tricky. Because that's when the report goes to the House and Senate. Yeah. The public report is, is supposed to be released June 25th. So, you know, you've got like three, you've got a little bit over three weeks there. 
Right. That. Because they can probably go back and redact whatever they wanted to. Yeah. It's going to be letting too much out. I'd say our copy is going to be severely oh, yeah. redacted. redacted the, but going back to what you're saying, yeah, I think that um, the amount of sightings that we've had lately, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that they're all terrestrial or extraterrestrial. I think they're mostly terrestrial because if we had, if there are that many species or that many ships visiting us, boys, we got a, we got a hub here or something because there's a lot of sightings. You know, and and we've always said that you know you've got some that are man-made, right? You know, and you've got some that are not man-made, and and I totally agree with everything you're saying. You know. And I'm I'm even moving away from the fact that I I don't even know if I believe personally. Before I came into this, I always believed you know Roswell was real. I believed um, all the stuff in the '40s. I believed were was real. Right. But and and by extraterrestrials. Now I'm I'm moving towards the fact that I don't even think that it's people from space. You know, we have the 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 alternate dimension like dimension. The multiverse. And, yes, and I keep thinking th- this may be more along the lines of what we're seeing, not exactly, and I know that sounds crazy. No, so, no. So what you're saying is um, not necessarily that people from outside of our world are traveling to us, but maybe people on a, a similar timeline but different, a different dimension occupying the same time and space. Yes. I've been, see, I've been doing a lot of research in the CERN and, you know, all this, all this stuff lately, and... Just the fact that the frequency, you change the frequency a little bit, and you're somewhere else. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, and whenever you hear of these ships, you hear of that. That's the one thing. When you hear of of UFO sightings, there's always something else with it. Yeah. It may not be reported together, but if you look in the news, there's always something else crazy happening at that time. Well, no, that's interesting you say that because that. Yeah, it's very possible. Everything vibrates to its own frequency. So if you match a frequency with a theoretical other dimension, time shift or or even material shift could be theoretically possible, right? Right. Well, I mean, to me, that explains, you know, all of these uh, Bernstein bears, you know, all of this theory. We're kind of slipping in and out. It's possible that we're not misremembering. It's just possible that... It's another, moved. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was it's, another earth. It's shifted a little bit. And, I, and then you, you start talking about Bigfoot or you start talking about, you know, ghost or, or, or whatever. And I think maybe this is not all, like, maybe it's all interconnected just in a way we're not seeing it. And, you know, every time I hear of a Bigfoot sighting, there's usually a UFO sightings like the previous week, during, or the, the week after. What if something is not supposed to be here, and then you have to send something after it to retrieve it and bring it back? It goes. Mm. It goes back to the Paintsville UFO sighting we always talk about. What they were they were looking for at the what river? Were they, what were they looking for at the river? Uh, Roswell. You know, lightning storms and, and all. There's always lightning storms involved in this too. There's always some kind of weird weather. What are they looking for? Uh, why were they there? Um, you know, it's it's just lately, and I didn't mean to hijack this topic. I oh, apologize. dude, you're you're totally fine. But to me, lately, it's it's all moved away from aliens because I, I've got this feeling that if if people are coming from space and they have that much technology, 
they're not going to like make a deal with um, you know the people on earth and be like we'll keep secret and right. we'll give you stuff. They're going to come down and be like this is ours. We'll take this. You you all go over there. You know, but if it's a multi-dimensional shift, you're not looking at somebody who's coming in to conquer. You're looking at yourself or people like you just a hair step away. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And deja vu now makes a lot more sense. Yeah, deja vu makes a lot more sense. Simulation theory yeah. makes a lot more sense when you look at it through that lens. And so, again, I go back to this whole disclosure thing. Maybe, you know, maybe those are things that we don't, we're not capable of. But the dimension that vibrates just a little bit higher right. is capable of. And we just happen to catch a glimpse of that from here, you know, every now and then. That is an interesting, interesting thing. I, I, don't know. I think you and I, like, I, I don't agree with most kind of outlooks on, on that. But I think you and I are pretty well right in the same pocket. I, I definitely believe that the stuff that's being released is most definitely drones that we own. Or else they wouldn't be releasing them. That sure. that whole we're doing this because we have to thing, they right. don't do anything because they have to. They do it because they want to. Well, and we talk about Stephen Greer a lot on the show, and he's even said in multiple of his documentaries, you know, hey, the shadow government has the ability to launch a false flag operation of... Project Blue Beam, not Blue yeah. Book, Project Blue, Blue Beam. Beam. Yeah, yeah. Of, a, of a hoaxed alien invasion. 1983, the UN, when Reagan... You know, basically said, this yeah. is what we need on the Jimmy Kimmel show when mm-hmm. Clinton said this is, you know, maybe what it takes. I do believe that the most money to be made is to be made during war. Yes. Uh, the most dangerous thing at this point to us is to go to war with China or to go to war with Russia. It, it really is dangerous. Russia alone, I think a lot of people have a misconceived fear of Russia. They're not much. I mean, militarily wise, as far as in for us, it's not really much of an issue. You combine them with China, that becomes an issue. Yeah. China alone themselves are an issue. Uh, but a fake alien force is not really an issue. And, you know, in regards to actual UFOs, I don't believe everything that people see in, you know, I believe there's a possibility it's something besides the government in certain cases. The thing I fall back to is, you know, even though we may not be able to do it, we can at least mathematically produce the possibility for time travel. We can at least mathematically produce... Uh, the existence of, you know, or the possible existence of other realms, other universes, we mathematically can't get past the point of breaking the speed of light. And, uh, you know, it's not the only way to go from point A to point B in space as far as we know. We don't know what a black hole actually is at this point. We don't know that there's other ways to get there. And I'm not saying that I don't think there's somebody could get to the point where they could find a more expedient way to travel through space. But if, if we just keep it to a mathematical level, to something provable, and to me, for me to believe something that's kind of, I don't have, I've lost all that innocence and, and that willingness to just go, okay, but maybe. Yeah. I really do need a little bit of proof. And and mathematically, as crazy as it sounds, you take um, sexually ambiguous creatures with no skin tone, uh <laughs> We're reluctantly on the path to that at this point in time, uh, you know, surgery-wise. You know, get me a little hot there. Yeah, I mean, everything <laughs> that's bad about our society right now—it's it, bad to be a male. It's bad to be a female. It's—it's it's bad to be this skin tone. It's bad to be that skin tone. It's bad to say this thing, say that thing. Yeah. Neuralink's coming. We're not going to have to speak anymore. So you take a creature that doesn't speak, doesn't have a skin tone, doesn't have an identified sexuality. That just sounds like us in a hundred 
behaviors if we don't kind of get our heads out of our butts and do something about it. So, you know, the time travel possibility looks even more possible but to me. Who, and who if, knows? If, oh, if, if, I'm sorry, no, if, if all possibilities are out there, if there is a true multiverse where every every action has a, you know, option A, option B, and there is a universe where option A happened, option B happened all the way down through history, how do we know that these these visitors aren't from a universe where all the bad options have happened or exactly. all the good options have happened. Right. And they need something that we have that they don't have, so they have to come here. And then you've got your bleeding over. You know, one of the uh, spooky family... Sorry. Plug. One of the spooky family <laughs> podcast episodes shameless. that we're doing is... Uh, shameless plug. <laughs> shameless. Is a Missing 411, where people go disappear every year in the national parks. And one of the one of the theories is that first first uh, nations people, Native Americans, um, felt that these areas were kind of, and I hate to be like this, but Stephen King had a uh, plot point called the thinning, where the the it was thin between worlds, where things could go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the theories is that these national parks are national parks because we knew that. There was thinning there. There was something that it would go back and forth. So that's why people disappear, and then you send searchers out, and they're never found, but you send searchers out again to the same places, and they're found later. They've wandered in and out of these places. Okay, so your ideal is 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 where I've, I've started to go to this. Like, you're right. You're absolutely correct. Everything that these beings are described as is what we're heading to in my mind. Um, so if, are they the ones who are trying to influence us to go to them? Does that make sense? Or go the opposite or way because the it's not real fun. <laughs> yeah. And so, well, what's, so what, what, if, what if it's just natural evolution? What, what if that is what, Humanity is destined to turn into. If if evolution is real to any degree whatsoever, and and I feel that there's proof there that it is, we are past the point possibly of an unaltered natural evolution. Uh, your lighting, uh, your air conditioned temperature, all those things yeah. take out anything that would be a natural course of change. Uh, the way our eyes work by this point, the way our skin tones work, the fact that we don't have hair, you know, there's so many things we're making unnatural in our environment. It can't be a natural evolutionary process. It would have to be something completely altered. So if there was any point we got to that, it would be due to influences we put. Um, there's a lot of foods out there. And this this is not from some, you know, because the, the sad thing is, what we may take as serious, a lot of people go, nah, that's just some crackpot. So, but if you want to look at real, um, quote-unquote, mainstream documentation, uh, there's a lady who just wrote a book. She's one of the nation's leading investigators on different chemicals we're putting into our systems and how those chemicals are impacting the growth and change uh, of mankind. And uh, I can't remember the, the, it's not tofu, the the one that's in everything. Soy. Soy. Soy basically is the anti-aircraft gun of masculinity. It is totally and completely eradicating that from, uh, and I know apparently talks with toxic masculinity, all masculinity is apparently bad these days. So, you know, so he's doing an excellent job of eradicating it. It also has some pretty negative effects on women. Uh, when you look at soy and what it's all in, 
I mean, it's in everything. Yeah. It's not a matter of it's in 10% of your food or 20% of your food. As far as mass-produced food, you're looking at it becoming a supplemental part of almost 60 to 70% of that food. So chemically, um, we're doing a lot to alter who we are. And then the, one of the things about humans is, it, it, this, to me, maybe more dangerous than anything is mental evolution to the point that no matter how you feel, about real evolution, you know, or physical evolution, mental evolution is, for lack of a better word, to use the word evolution, it's 100%. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, you, you look at trends in history and societal changes and, and societal influences. You know, you look at a geographical area like eastern Kentucky compared to an area like California, and you look at the mindset and all those different things, those different, you know, you have differences, but you have a collective evolution of that as well. Uh, you know, it's always said that today's... Democrats would be far, far right uh, at a certain time period, you know. Lincoln's Republicans are are Democrats from yeah. the 50s, and if you, you know, it just, it always swings back and forth. Yeah, you, you've got that change that, you know, that societal change on how we look at things, so it's easy to see how you could start down a path to go, all right, for the next 10 generations, um, everybody's going to have Pinocchio knows. I mean, I don't scientifically know how long it takes until finally the body just takes over and goes, well, they're not going to quit with this stupid nose yeah. till we just give them one, right. you know. So, you know, it, it's possible, you know. The, the science is there to say that it's possible. Well, the going back to, the, yeah, you're right. I mean, as far as natural evolution is not, not possible, to, it's a point for us. Yeah. Um, but with what you're saying, with the stuff that we put in our food and our herbicides and our pesticides and the asbestos and you know whatever it was that we were using back in the 60s 70s all of this stuff all of these things have different chemicals that will affect us in some way that's that's kind of what i'm getting at is that is that that's kind of what if that is our evolution what if that is what we are turning into because of the things that we're doing instead of which i'm pretty sure is exactly the same thing you're saying but like we turn into these would you say sexually ambiguous yeah. no no, uh, no skin tone yeah. and just you know, kind of frail. We're, we're getting and, ourselves there to that yeah. point, and it's something that we're doing, and and we're getting there, and you know, I don't know. May, maybe the future sucks. Uh, maybe. It's possible, and they're just coming back and going, oh, "Those guys had it right." I mean, yeah. you know, stop, you know. <laughs> stop what you're doing. Maybe they're abducting the guys that get us to that bad spot. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, I read a book. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, I read a book that was talking about all the abductions and, you know, a lot of female abductions, they feel like they've been uh, impregnated or, you know, whatever. And uh, some theorize that the greys have lost the ability to reproduce and that the last time that it was possible was here. You know what I mean? And that's why you see... They're not from space. They're actually from the future or well, from another dimension. That, that was another back. impact of soy. Yeah. Well, that's the low sperm count yeah. and, and infertile eggs was another impact yeah. of soy. Well, and that was one of the stories I talked about a while back was, uh, what were they called? The Mim? Yeah. The Mims or something. They were interdimensional mm-hmm. beings, uh, but they were the greys, essentially. So, I mean, that sounds, yeah. I mean, that's very plausible from well, what we've what we've discussed. I mean, yeah. Same same books talk. They're talking about shadow people. Are they shadow people or are they visitors from other dimensions that yeah. are just you happen to be in the house that they are in another dimension and you see them out of the corner of your eye. Right. 
You know what I mean? Like, because the frequencies. I'm sorry, Goose. You, you're totally I fine. I know that this will be the last round table you, that I've ever no, tried to do. No, and no. I just want to tell you, you all, Spooky Family Podcast, <laughs> July 1st, make sure you're You listening. have an open invite to every, every round table. I'm going to make this comment, and we'll move on to conspiracy theories. Okay. Depending oh, on what, what? Okay. Depending, well, we may take a break and come back with this period. And, and this, this will probably be a two-part show. Good, because i got to pee. Okay. That's for but, everybody uh, wants to know that. Re- real quick, uh, after June 21st, or June 25th, June 1st, when, if disclosure does happen, think about all the apologies that people are going to have to give people who have said that they were abducted. Oh, yeah. No, they'll never get apologies. No, no, no. I mean, you know, hey. hey. They have to admit something was wrong. And they're never going to do that. Well, I mean, I just wanted to make that comment and get, and leave you guys with something to think about. June 25th is on a Friday. I'm going to throw this out here. Mm-hmm. By Monday, let's do a, let, let's do a special show. Okay. Because I guarantee you what, what uh, uh, Cronkite just said. I almost used your given name there. I guarantee you what Cronkite <laughs> just said is true. By Monday, we'll never hear about it again. Nope. I would say you're right. We're going to step away, take a break, come back, talk about conspiracy theories. Ronald Reagan, UFOs, and time travelers. I guess that'll be in part two of the roundtable. What are we listening to, Cronkite? Well, you were listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum, and I'm listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. And we'll be back in just a moment. Take a lighter look into the darker side of the world. Join Elliot, Gertie, and Beagle as they jump into the dark abyss of hauntings, serial killers, conspiracy plots, and beyond. The Spooky Family Podcast premieres July 1st, wherever you find and listen to quality podcasts. Goose and Cronkite. Give the guys a break. They're uh, not that bright. And welcome back, round table number two. What do you think about it so far, Cronkite? I think it's amazing. Me too. Justin, how about you? I'm loving it. Elliot? I'm not allowed to talk anymore. Yes, 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 you are. You you talk all you want. That is why you are here. <laughs> Somehow we went from the Secret Space Service to, uh, hey, Bigfoot might be uh, from another dimension. You never know. <laughs> but I've had as much fun. I think your mic's off, yeah. I think my mic's off. I've had as much there fun sitting here go. listening to this as I do sitting and listening to them on the episodes mm-hmm. because it's off the cuff and it's 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 yeah. fun. I think you done an excellent job and, and we get into a lot of things I'm really interested in. Now Goose uh, mistakenly muted your mic. He was trying to mute uh, Elliot and it just got out of hand. No, no, I've, I've, I've just got too many buttons. <laughs> Thank you, for yours. Of yours. <laughs> this is the best bathroom break you'll ever have. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little slow on that. Yeah, yeah. Told you, man, I got too many buttons in front of me. Um, 
Um, we're this is going to be a two part uh, episode. Okay. Uh, and the first uh, parts we're going to talk about, we talked about the secret space program and some other stuff. We're going to talk about conspiracy theories in this one. And we, then did we really talk about the secret space program? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we sure did. Kind of, really? kind of. Um, and now we're going to talk about conspiracy theories, and we're going to wrap it up. And uh, Cronkite, start us off on some of your favorite conspiracy theories. Well, I've just got a handful of conspiracy theories that I've kind of talked about over the shows. Uh, and then there's one new one that I haven't talked about that I want to get everybody's take on. So, wow, do you all hear that? Yeah, yeah, you've moved your microphone, so I'm having to, like, boost you up now. How about now? There you go. Check, check, check. Why did you... No, no, let's not do that stuff, dumbass. <coughs> he hates it. Why did you move your microphone for? <coughs> I didn't move it. Yeah, you did. It I was probably, positioned another way. I probably moved my seat. Oh, okay. It's got wheels on it. All right, well, go ahead. Conspiracy theories. All right, so I'm going to talk about some conspiracy theories that we've done on the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Cronkite's going to talk about some conspiracy theories that we've done on the show. Have they been done on the show? They've been done on the show. You should probably talk about them. <laughs> you know what? You so the ones about. that we're doing, I, I print, on, you know, I printed them all. I love these guys. Yeah, I love these guys. And then we're going to do one that I haven't done yet that I just want to give everybody's opinion on. Actually, I want to give everybody's opinion on it. Well, why don't you start out with the one that we haven't done yet first? No. The no okay. One. This is not your segment. Lay down over there. We'll talk about the White Star Line first. Okay. All aboard the Titanic, please. Well, the Titanic, the Olympus, and the Britannic. Oh, you know, the Titan was what it was in the book. Have you heard that conspiracy yeah. there? Yeah, that yeah. was a good one. Well, all right, so just kind of for the background information on the Titanic, the RMS Titanic sank early morning hours of April 15th, 1912, in the North Atlantic Ocean, four days into her maiden voyage from Southampton to New York. Uh, the largest ocean liner in service at the time. Titanic had an estimated 2,224 people on board when she struck an iceberg uh, around 11.40 p.m. ship's time. Um, her sinking two hours and 40, uh, 40 minutes later at 2.20 a.m. Uh, on Monday, April 15th. It resulted in the deaths of more than 1,500 people, making it one of the deadliest peacetime maritime disasters in history. Now, the the whole... The whole conspiracy behind this is that it's an insurance scam. Was that um, J.P. Morgan and the? Gonna find. I think it's IMM. It's the. Um, Let's hear that. <laughs> yeah. Just ignore that. What is that? Somebody peeing? No, it's the Titanic. <laughs> it's the Titanic <laughs> sinking. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, anyway. <laughs> We heard the water gurgling. Well, I was, I was, I was trying to get our guests something to drink. <laughs> we thought it was the Titanic. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, essentially, J.P. Morgan, who was the the financier of the IMM company, uh, they they were going to build these Olympic class ships. The first one was the Olympic, uh, and it had some issues. Uh, it was involved in a um, crash with the the HMS Hawk uh, when the Basically, it looked like they just turned into each other in 1911. So what that ended up doing is that ended up bending the keel or breaking the keel, bending the keel of the ship so it could never be insured. So the theory is that the Olympic was actually the ship that sank in the Titanic's place. Um, have you guys heard that yet? Yes. Yeah, I've heard yes. that before. Yeah. And what do you all think about that? 
I mean, yeah, I think it's possible. Do you uh, think? Do you think that it would they would be that cold to send fifteen hundred people to their death for an insurance? You ever do much research on how these barns, especially people like J.P. Morgan, got their money? No, <laughs> they'd sacrifice a few. Really? Yeah. yeah I, I mean, the bottom line is, you know, the bottom line, the money is what matters. That's why I said what I said about the government too. I mean, they're not going to do anything unless they get some money or power, and yeah, you know. I mean, imagine all the life insurance policies on the Titanic too that had to be paid out. That's true. Yeah. So, so the the ship that originally was the Olympic is supposed uh, to be the one that's laying at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Uh, and then Olympic or the new named Olympic, which was originally the Titanic, uh, sailed on to like I think the 1930s before it was scrapped. But the Britannic, which was also it, which was also the sister ship, actually ended up being uh, commandeered by the the military during World War One. And sank pretty close to the way the Titanic. The Titanic Have you ever did. heard of the SS Minnow? That's, I mean, probably one of the biggest shipwreck stories in the history of the world. It is. There wasn't a whole lot of people. See, there was the captain. Uh, there was Marianne. The movie star. Yeah, the movie star. There was the rich guy and, and his, his wife. wife. Yeah. Yeah. The, who was the second mate? There was a professor. The second uh, mate. Yeah, Gilligan. Gilligan. Gilligan was the second mate. <laughs> well, we just keep proving how old we are. I mean, that's... You guys are, you guys are real <laughs> proud of yourselves on that. Yes, one, yes, we are. They yes, did are. They did play the Globetrotters, though. It was only a three-hour tour. I yeah. mean, you guys are real proud of yourselves. I can <laughs> see how giggly you all are. This is ridiculous. Anyway, the Britannic sank eerily similar to the way... Um, Titanic sank, which was it hit a, it, but it did it hit a mine, uh, and it full speed trying to get to land uh, to save the ship inadvertently sank the ship in fifty five minutes instead of two hours. Um, there was a loss of life of about thirty people, uh, but that ship too, when it hit the when it hit the bottom of the ocean, it broke in half as well. So there's eer- eerily similar s- circumstances to those two ships, so which makes me think that possibly a design flaw. Possibly a design flaw, but the Y-Star line was probably cursed. I'm, I'm just going to say it, well, it was I mean, cursed. There was the uh, theory. There was the theory that there was a mummy on board the Titanic. Like I have, the, yeah, I've heard yeah. about that, and I also heard that there was a uh, a uh, a coal fire on the on the ship, and that resulted when the water hit the the, st- the steam explosion actually mm-hmm. breached the side of the ship. I he- I've heard that theory as I well. I don't think that's. I think that was. Don't don't people say that that was part of it? That that was the yeah. like, one of the reasons it went down as quick as it did. Well, they say that it went down as quick as it did because it was moving at twenty two knots, and that when it when it first gashed in, it started just pushing water into into the ship and flooded the first six compartments relatively quickly. Who who was it? Was it Cameron that went down and found it? Yeah, James Cameron. Now, I think the one thing he was able to prove from that is there was definitely room for Jack on the board. Oh, there was? That, yeah, there so, was definitely. So the board actually ended up sinking then. Yeah, she was really a cool yeah. human being. She was. She was. She's very yeah. cool. I mean, she had a nice necklace, though. <laughs> Paint me, Cronkite, <laughs> like those girls in your picture. <laughs> What's your... <laughs> so we'll talk about the Denver airport. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That was kind of a lame one, but it <laughs> no, was... it wasn't. It really wasn't. I mean, especially if you want to get into the fact that uh, there were three people on board who were against the Federal Reserve, and yeah, you know, it's a possibility. Well, and supposedly J.P. Morgan's some of their um, 
his enemies were on the ship, yeah. and they he did it just like yeah. I mean, there, there's a good possibility of all that stuff. Very I like strange. I like the the stories though that came off of it, like the band that decided to play the entire way down. That was cool. That was yeah, cool. Were, Being in a stuff. band, I can tell you, we would not have made that decision. <laughs> the audience would not have been that important to us. <laughs> I'd have been kicking Rose off that board. <laughs> Golf woman. All right, so um, we'll talk about the Denver airport. Have you guys you know much about the Denver airport and the, the conspiracy theories behind it? Yes. So we'll just talk about a couple of them. So it was built by the New World Order. There are many theories about who built the Denver airport. One of the most persistent theories is that the airport was built by the New World Order with ties to Nazism. The theory even goes as far Nazis as Nazis are bad. Nazis are bad. The theory even goes as far to say that the airport's runways are built to resemble a swastika, which I've looked at the over. The, the, you'd have to <clears> really <throat> stretch. Yeah, that's reaching. Uh, however, looking at photographs from their configuration, the runways do seem to resemble the shape of a particularly, unless you really look for it. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't help that the airport's dedication marker credits an organization called the the New World Airport Commission uh, for building it. That's actually on the um, the uh, what is that? Uh, what, what are those things that they put in the ground? The time time capsule. Time capsule. Yeah. So that's actually on the time capsule. The New World uh, it thanks the New World Airport Commission for building the airport. Now, the the reason they say that the new, that the the New World Order built this place is there's a lot of you know, conspiracy behind it. First of all, the, air, the airport was a billion dollars over budget, a year behind schedule, and essentially they started building the airport and then buried it and then built another one on top of it. And then Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were there at the actual opening. Yeah, they were. And, and yeah. I think that had a lot to I do with the it. New World Order. Is Scott, is he, is, is Scott Hall, that's the guy that works at the pizza place, right? Yes. Down the street. Um, I think a lot... <laughs> I think the Denver the Denver International Airport is kind of like the Greenbrier. Does everybody know what yeah, the Greenbrier yeah. is? So there was a resort built in West Virginia uh, that it was basically if something had popped off during the Cold War, our government could go there. It was, had underground bunkers built in, and they could run America from underneath the Greenbrier or Greenbrier, Green, that hotel. Greenbrier. And uh, so when that was found out, and it was found out, I want to say just like maybe five years before the the stuff started on Denver and on the international airport. So I think maybe it just that ideal was taken and transplanted transplanted to Denver. Like if something pops off, what better way to get people in than have a huge airport you can fly the government to? And then well, underground well, yeah, there and, are. Well, there's there's a new theory too on the Denver airport that uh, there's some footage that a reporter uh, took. Uh, before uh, it opened, and he actually got access to the underground stuff. And like you said, there there was bunkers there, and they also claimed that there is a uh, a uh, subway or underground train that runs straight from the Denver airport to Cheyenne Mountain. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's a lot of underground tunnels, so there's NORAD Cheyenne Mountain. There's another military base close by, and well, then there's, there's even rumors there's that... There's Dulce. Yeah. yeah. Base. Yeah, and then there are also even rumors that there's a tunnel that leads straight to Area 51, supposedly. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. So the New World Order, this is kind of where I was going with this. This is kind of, we were talking earlier about the New World Order in, in the previous story, a previous segment. I, do you all think that the New World Order is actually a government, or do you think the New World Order is companies? If, if we take Eric Bischoff out of it, and he's not one actually running it, 
Um, in all honesty, I think New World Order is more of a smokescreen. I, I think that's like, <clears throat> and probably unbeknownst to them, I don't think that they had any knowledge of this, but you know who came and actually did dedicate the, the airport when it was open were the Freemasons. And they were there doing that. And, and I think that it was just, you know, <laughs> it, it it's more of a matter of, Hey, people say things about these guys, things that, in my opinion, I don't believe are true. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've got this New World Order name on here. The government's smart, and they're cheeky sometimes. And they yep. do these things that, okay, let's. We're, this is the best possible place for a secret base. And, again, where's the best place to hide is in plain Place's sight. Not, let's yeah. make these people go crazy over this. I don't think there's anything nefarious about this. I don't think it has anything to do with Bischoff or the New World Order. I think it has nothing to do with the Masons. I think it is a matter of we need this. This is great military infrastructure. The length of the runways, some of the longest runways in the country, you look at these large military planes and stuff that need this, uh, or under attack, if, if a portion of this runway is destroyed, you've still got the ability to take off. You've right. talked about the proximity to all these other places. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty clear what it is. One, I think it's extremely fun. It's one of the funnest, yes. like, conspiracy theories out there, because there's, there's so much, they did so much with it. And two, like, it's kind of like, okay, it, it plays its part for what it needs to be, uh, and we don't have to come right out and go, no, that's not it, because we make it so ridiculous. We throw right. in, you know, put an evil blue horse at the, <laughs> in front of it yeah. that yeah. killed the guy that yeah. made it. You yeah. know, put, yeah. put it right there. And you know, that's that's the thing. And then there's gargoyles all the way around it. There's weird... they talk to you that says, "Welcome to the New World Airport." And that's yeah. the thing is like, and then they say, "Oh, no, just kidding, just welcome to Denver." Why would you do that? You're making yeah. fun of yourself. You're trying to hide something. Yeah. You're hiding in plain sight. The um, the other thing that is this 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 creepy. Art. Did you, have, did you all see the art? Yeah. I've got a picture yeah. And here. I read a pretty good in-depth interview with uh, somebody to help the artist who actually created all that. And if you kind of listen to his his intent with the art, like I could get looking at the art, the intent he was trying to put across. But again, I think it's almost one of those things of either let's be so upfront about this that it's ridiculous to anybody, yeah. you know, or maybe it generally was he just came in and this was the idea he had. But if you read it, you know, his kind of his intention with that was yeah. pretty spot on for what it is. Sure. Okay. I mean, it's like when I tell my kid, when my kid finds his Christmas present, I'm like, oh, no, that's the neighbor kid's present. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, my kid's dumb, but, you know, it works out. You're still you're hiding it in plain sight. Yeah. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? One of the biggest but, things about that, is you know they said that they they explained being over budget by well this was this was unstable so we just covered it up and built on top of it well no they said that you was, don't yeah. do that was, you know they I said mean, that the, they weren't built to spec or something like that so they covered these structures that they already built and started building over them yeah but I mean you don't you don't do that you know yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean and like the, the things they'd already built that they built on top of maybe that's the uh, that's the rooms they stay in you know what I'm saying like I, I agree like listen 100% Denver International Airport there's something crazy about it but nefarious probably not you know well, what I'm saying like and it would be so much easier if they would reach back out to me and let me do this interview they emailed me once and they said yes we'd be open for an interview and then I've emailed them twice since then and I've gotten nothing. So well, maybe you should call them right now. I'm thinking that maybe, perhaps, they've listened to the show and been like, "Oh no, those guys are really good at truth seeking, and we're not doing that because they're going to find us out." 
Ask for Buff Bagwell, and that could get you straight in because I know that he's high up in the NWO. So Buff Bagwell, got it. Yeah. All right, let me see if I can find the airport number here. You guys want to talk amongst yourselves? Sure. I've actually got it right here. Do you want me to call it? Sure. Okay, here we go. Again, we are calling the Denver International Airport. For those who are just joining me. Should be ringing. Welcome and thank you for calling Denver International Airport. All phone calls are monitored for quality of service and security so reasons. You may also access information please, on our website at flydenver.com. Press 1 for airline and flight information. Press 2 for parking. Press 3 for TSA and security screening information. Otherwise, please remain on the line or press 0 to speak with a customer service representative. You'll speak to customer service. this message, press 9. The digit selected was invalid. It's please try again. Procedures to keep passengers and employees safe. Throughout the airport, you'll find hand sanitizing stations That's and good. disinfecting wipes in each gate area. Thank you for calling Denver International Airport. This is Melissa. Could I have your first and last name, please? Hi, Melissa. This is Cronkite. I'm with here to Chew Bubblegum. I'm just hoping to speak with you about um, some of the conspiracies that surrounding the Denver International Airport, like the gargoyle that says, okay. Welcome to the New World Order. <laughs> right, okay. Um, do you care to talk with us for a few minutes? Sure can. Awesome. All right. So what do you say about the, uh, so, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I hear that this airport was built and then, um, and then there were some issues and then they just covered it over and built a new airport. Is that correct? Mm, not that I'm aware of. They, no, they didn't do like a restart. Okay. So there's like not secret underground, uh, baggage claim. Or, like tunnels. Yeah. There's a baggage system that's underneath, um, yes, but it's not a secret tunnel. All the rampers and airlines go into the to deliver the bags. Oh, you're not making this fun for me at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sorry. What, what about the, the giant blue horse out front? Uh-huh, Mustang? Yeah, or must, yeah, the blue mm-hmm. Mustang. So, or also known as, do, they, mm-hmm. do you guys call it Blucifer? That is a nickname. Oh, wow. Okay, and so is it? Is it true that it actually a piece of it fell on the creator and killed him? That's correct, and his son finished uh, the the horse. Oh wow, that's crazy! So, what is the purpose? Know, of the, right? What is the purpose of the horse in front of the airport? Um, be all a cattle answer. Art. Just just for art. Mm-hmm. Okay. So speaking of art, I've. Um, what, uh-huh. a, what about these uh, the um, the artwork that's in in the uh, I guess the terminal building there? Um, sure. This this is a very scary looking mural. <laughs> what 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 oh, is it? Yeah. That mm-hmm, that particular one. Um. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's taken down at the moment due to the construction, and they say hopefully afterwards they're they're putting it back up. Okay, well, what do you think about it? I mean, it, it's uh, it's kind of a, a warmonger that's stabbing a dove over some children. <laughs> I um, <laughs> I don't necessarily think that it is what it is. I guess, like any art, it's up in, up to interpretation. Up to interpretation. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So, do you um, do you think that the do you think that the airport is like uh, the the base for the Illuminati and New World Order? You know, I think it'd be possible, but I don't know. You think it's possible, but you don't know. Okay. Uh, now, what about the gargoyles? Why, why are the gargoyles there? 
just for dark art and decoration or? Well, there, which one are you talking about? Because there used to be ones that stood on top of luggage that they took down because of construction and the one that talks to people as they go by. Right. Okay. That, that's the one I'm wondering about. Why, why is it just kind of making fun of, uh, you know, kind of embracing the. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, okay. So uh, do you all get concerned? Like are concerned passengers come up to you guys all the time? All the time. That? Yep. So what do you say to them? Like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> uh, again, it's art. You know, yeah. and people want to take it the way they want to take it. Some is good and some is bad. Some people love it, some people don't. Right, I understand. All right, so now I understand that the Denver Airport has a runway that's 16,000 feet. Is that correct? Say that one more time. The Denver Airport has a um, runway that's 16,000 feet. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Now, correct. Now, what is the purpose of, of having an air, a, a runway that long? Is it, is it because of the... Of the uh, the larger aircraft that are coming in. Okay, so that not, it doesn't have anything to do with like the the proximity to like the military bases, like to use that as a secondary landing site or anything. Nope, not at all. Okay, alrighty then. Um, and so there's not a secret underground airport. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I'm stuck no. on this. I gotta uh, know. <laughs> no, is it there's in the beginning when it was built there was the under underground um, luggage trail that was supposed to bring um, your luggage from one point to another, but it never actually really worked. So they just so kind of that, covered but there it are over. tunnels. Okay. Well, no, they just kind of left it. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any questions? Okay. Well, thank you for talking to me today. I sure do appreciate it. And uh, uh, is there any, like, confessions you want to make? Like a, a secret, nefarious, anything going on there? <laughs> Um, no. No, thank you. <laughs> if, if you're done, ma'am, I, I, my name's Justin. I, mm-hmm. I, I do have one question. Uh, is, is there any chance that maybe Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Eric Bischoff are in any way tied to the Denver National Airport? I have no idea who those people are. Okay, so no New World Order, no NWO connection whatsoever. <laughs> I, I have no clue. Okay, thank you. Not right. a part of that. Yep, you're very welcome. I definitely appreciate it. Thank you now. Mm-hmm. All right, you have a good day. You too. Goodbye. Bye. Huh. Wow. I didn't think that they were going to – I had no questions already. Well, you know, honestly, I didn't think that they would answer either because when we caught them on uh, a Sunday last time, the guy just directed you to the to yeah. email of the lady. You know, I was I was really blown away by that. They it's a female to, hearing Cronkite's voice. That's that's what it was. They have to be so tired of answering oh, these yeah. questions, though, you know. But I thought, are you sure there's nothing? Very, nope, nothing at all. Yeah, she had, I mean, she's very, very good interview for the moment. You did awesome on that. Yeah, I mean, I was. I would have froze on that one. I'm not going to lie. I, mean, I, I blacked out. I, I didn't expect on the top. No, 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 I didn't either. I, I really do. I, I think everything she said there was correct, and I do think that it was just a bunch of weird artists that got in there and did some weird stuff. But that runway is 16,000 well, feet. Well, I still think, and, you know, I go back to this. She probably doesn't know. Like, you right. know what I'm saying? Right. Like, she, she probably doesn't know exactly what it's for. She's, she was hired to answer phones or, yeah. you know, do whatever. And what was the question you asked when she said, it? well, it's possible? Oh, what was that? Uh, if, if there was a, 
if, if there was a secret underground base. Or, no, if the New World Order's base was yeah. there. Yeah. She was like, that's and possible. So. She sounded suspicious when I mentioned those names. She's, I didn't drop Buff Bagwell. <laughs> she sounded suspicious she, when I mentioned She's them. hiding something. Do you yeah, think she, maybe it was Miss Elizabeth who didn't die but was like moved That there, is you know? an excellent awesome. point. I, that was, I just want to say thank you for the Denver International Airport for giving us awesome. a, yeah. a yeah. Uh, yeah, that was very awesome. tough uh, interview. Um, all right, do you guys want to talk about airplanes or do you want to talk about simulation theory? The simulation <laughs> theory. The next two. Can we talk about airplanes in simulation theory? You can talk whatever about it. Whatever <laughs> very, whatever. very good. Too. So we'll talk about the simulation theory. Are we living in a simulation, Justin? Yes. Okay. No, I don't. Look, it's my favorite. Uh, my two favorite conspiracy theories is one that I definitely believe is true and one that I definitely believe is not true, and that being the, the Kennedy assassination and, and simulation theory. I'll say this about simulation theory, the fact that we could possibly be in a simulated state of existence. Um, <clears throat> the, the question that... You know, when you discuss this with people all the time, is why? What's the point in it? What if we were a data mine? It would make sense why you have so many different people in different rooms of life. Sure. We're an algorithm constantly running, providing information on what could the outcome of this situation or that situation be. And then once you kind of identify a purpose in the simulation, then you need proof of the simulation. And I look at Really, three things basically: um, the Mandela effect, which would be alterations to the simulation, which would result in inconsistent memories or inconsistent data, data that's possibly corrupted. The possibility of reboots in the simulation, which would definitely be uh, possible. Yeah, two thousand after two thousand, which explains the danger of it. Yes, at, it does. Or after two thousand twelve, it was all weird. Yeah, nostalgia. <clears throat> Look at people from the 50s. Those people look at 50s as the greatest era of all time, this and that. What if that was a reboot in the timeline? There's a point where there's a problem in the simulation with that particular batch of people in the simulation. You bring them back with this great memory of the present and this great fear of the past, the world Mm -hmm. wars, things of that nature. Same thing in the 80s. You have what's possibly another reboot. So... You know, I, I, I look at that and I think, and then to me, the third thing is time travel. You know, even if you look at Ingersoll Lockwood, what if this information, the Baron Trump stuff, all this is deposited back in a, a file that you perceive as to be the past and so that now you can draw on that, here, this is why it's happening, you know. And what if this is just something where they've got lazy and they're not monitoring us like they used to and that's why the last... Eight years have been as crazy as they've, as they've been. Hmm. That's all I got. I don't believe in it, but, you know, I think it's one of the funnest conspiracy theories. It is. It is. And it, But now, all right, so going back to why. Why would we be in a simulation? So does the human body not produce some some form of electricity? Yes. So it's, yes. it's kind of like a battery. Or yes. It, it, the matrix. But also, yeah, going back to the matrix, but also... Our brains are are pretty well supercomputers, right? Yes, we we process. Well, we, and there's, mine's, mine's not. There's, <laughs> some, yeah, right. Mine's like a seventies model. Yeah, you know, IBM. There's started. a lot about the brain that we don't know. We know very little about the human brain. So that that could be in itself a reason. Uh, is all of us are plugged into a simulation, running a planet. Our oh. brains have the ability to run a simulation at a level a computer can't. So if you could access fully the brain and 
my interpretation of the simulation as compared to your interpretation of the simulation, and you use that purely for data. It has we we serve no other purpose outside of data. Uh, you know, say free will is still real. You have free will within the confines of that simulation, but the choices you make in that simulation, you know, from disease control to let's introduce a new disease. Let's see how these minds combat this problem, you know. Or possibly is it just a matter of we've got to a point to where physically we can't sustain in an outside world and, uh, you know, simulation is the only way we could still exist in any way, shape, or form is the mental aspect of it. We're, we're locked in these little tubes somewhere, you know. God bless. I love when he talks. It makes me sound well, so dumb. What, what like, is, what is, is a simulation, though? I mean, think about that for a second. I, I mean, like, let's say that, you know, what you said, you know, that that's, that's one way of looking at it. But then let's also say maybe we were created by a creator being, you know, mm-hmm. and... I mean, isn't that a simulation? Like, he created us, but... Oh, my brain. I wrote wrote a short story one time to where that's basically the principle of it. You get to a point to where you find out everything that you view as being synthetic, this, the table, all of that, and everything that you view as being organic, us, trees, whatever, those roles are reversed to where the things that are electronic, the things that you can actually kind of affect your reality with are the organic things. They're the real things. They're the things that actually exist, the things that are real. And what we would consider organic are the manufactured things. They're the things that are not what we would call man-made, but they're not of nature. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that's kind of the way that whole short story went. Hmm. I mean, you look, at, you look at a tree. A tree produces oxygen. You look at a lung. A lung looks like a tree on the inside of the lung. You look at all these different things. So... I, I look at a simulation theory. I don't. I don't really think like we're a computer. You know, like somebody's running us on a computer. Yeah. But like a creator, you know, we are basically a simulation that they created. They, you know, even even if you look at it biblically, and I don't want to. I don't want to bring religion into it. But you know, we were created in the image. So isn't that a simulation? Yes, you know what I mean. That's, like that's, that's that's exactly what that would be. So yeah, I believe simulation theory is like just existence. <laughs> you know, like. We created it. It gets to the point where, if we are a simulation, or we were created. Now we start to we start creating things too, and you know you have these video games and movies and entertainment and even comic book art. Like you think about this for a second, Spider Man. Like I'm not a Spider Man fan. He's not like why well, I am, but I'm not. He's not my favorite. But Spider Man was created by Steve Ditko and Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and all these people. They're dead. Spider-Man is still continuing on and will continue on for forever and forever and forever and forever and, and like, I don't know, man. It's it's I I just believe that simulation theory is existence, <laughs> like you know, it's, it's just one of those things. That I, I like that. That that's an interesting interesting look at it. The the thing with simulation, the only reason it's become such a big topic is I fall back a lot on mathematics. You know, not that I'm a mathematician by any degree it's not my specialty at all i have to rely on people that i assume are much more intelligent than me in that regard but mathematically you can get to three conclusions a race either no longer exists before it gets the capacity to build a simulation a race either gets to the capacity that it can build a a simulation and decides it doesn't want to or you get to the point that you could mathematically based on our trajectory 
Uh, and and you're you're talking theoretical mathematics. So at this point, it's mathematics that do have a basis and provability, but they're not completely and totally reliable because you have to put some elements of chance in there. But looking at it from that point mathematically, we're more likely to get to that point. And if we're at that point, I'm gone. <laughs> Hmm. The simulation cut me off. My mic's gone or my headphones are one. If you guys can still hear me. Yeah, I uh, Oh, there you go. But, uh, uh, no, math- that's just Elliot. He's, he's <laughs> part of it. I touched something I didn't mean to touch. <laughs> You're good. Uh, ma- can, you, can you hear through no, your headphones? No. Mathematically, though, we're at a point to where it no no simulation, nobody in a simulation is going to assume that they're the first generation in the simulation. That's automatically, you're going to think, well, we are the generation before that. Quit touching um, stuff, Elliot. I'm sorry. I'm at that point, to be completely honest with you, but theoretically, no matter what, if I was in a simulation or not, I do. I don't believe we'll ever get to the point. And, and that's the thing. As, as much fun as I like, as it is, and as much as I like discussing it, I don't actually believe we'll ever get to that point. I think our desire for free will, and, and, and this is not in regards to what Elliot was talking about, but in regards to an actual computer simulation, I don't think... The majority of people, myself included, I'd like to really believe I'm never going to turn that control over or or be satisfied in that existence. I think I'd be much more satisfied in the most miserable of actual existence than a simulated existence that has no value. And um, if if you're a parent, you know, I don't know how you simulate that emotion that you have for a child. That's I don't you know you're you're not going to do that yeah. with a Mac. Exactly. I mean, I mean, you're always going to, like, I think that that is why I go back to whole, the whole, you know, I, I just don't see it as a simulation. I see it as, yeah, it's it's probably true. We're, we're probably not, you know, our own beings in some ways, but I don't think we're computer generated or, you know, like used as test animals. I just think we were. Well, all right, so I. I have to disagree with two points. One, I do believe we are close to being able to create a simulation ourselves. We yeah. have virtual reality oh, yeah. already. No, no, I, I believe that's yes. I believe that we're we're getting close to that. I mean, and, at this point right now, we have virtual reality. It's and just a matter of two. Time. He thinks birds are drones, and they set on power lines to charge themselves. It's, I'm gonna agree on that. I'm pretty sure that's proven. Yeah. It's three on one there. What do you think about that? <laughs> I'm yeah. say, we're all Who feels well. like a dummy now? <laughs> the three guys that agree with that idea, but we still agree with it. But going on is, um, shit, you made me lose what I was thinking of. Um, we're to the point to where we can create it and we have virtual reality. But you also give people too much credit by thinking that they would not blissfully ignore if if this world, if the physical world was a terrible place or if it's the current place, but they had the option of living in pure happiness every day of their lives, but they're in a dream state. I think you give people too much credit. I think, I think nine times out of 10, oh, yeah. nine, nine, nine out of 10 people will take I, that. I think the time. masses most definitely would. I would like to think that I wouldn't, but again, that's just me right. th- wanting to be, you know, my papa told my, his brother one time, he said, you know, I had a lot harder life than you. And my uncle said, I'd like to know how. 
was born in the same house, same mommy and daddy grew up and everything. My papa said, yeah, but I was born smart and pretty. That's two problems you'll never know anything about. So I was born kind of soft. So more than likely, I would easily comply, you know, but maybe you're not given the option. But now when you look at it from the point that Elliot makes, I agree with that. You know, if you want to call that a simulation, I agree with that. But as far as it being just a computer-ran program, I don't know. Okay. Is it, everybody ready? Here we go. This whole last year since COVID-19 has been a simulation. I mean, you know. There's theories out there that 2012 was the actual end of the world yeah. and that we're just running a simulation now. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Every, everything has been different since 2012, but you have my attention. Continue. Well, I mean, just, and, and you were talking about, you know, people choosing happiness and this and that. and So, a belt buckle is a fat guy's worst enemy. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, last week I went to Walmart. Uh, didn't wear a face mask, you know, didn't have to, even though normally I wore one just to pacify other people or older people, you know, just out of respect. So when I go in last week, I'm probably the only person in there without a mask on, even though the new CDC guidelines, the governor, you know, went along with those, you didn't have to. And people were so programmed that they were still wearing them. Mm-hmm. I mean, even today, I went prior to coming here to Bunker Studios. Uh, there might have been five or six people that didn't. There were so many more that had mask on. I mean, you know, just... But now, yeah. What I'm trying to say is, yeah, if I'm, the government tells you to do one thing and you do it and you're being programmed and you're... It becomes easier to do. Exactly. I get what you're saying. You're, you're all, Even if you're not in... Some people, even if they're not in what we would consider a traditional... Uh, computer ran simulation, they still, in all intents and purposes, are in a simulation based on the fact of the way that they're able to be manipulated. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, those 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 people would, uh, I mean, we talked earlier in the show about the government faking an alien invasion. Those would be the first ones to line up and believe it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that, that's just my opinion on 100%. that. One hundred percent. I'd be the guy that didn't believe it and got shot by some laser ray because it was actually real. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be interested though to see what would happen. Like we saw what what happened when War of the Worlds, you know, was originally ran. I'd yeah. love to see if something like that happened today, and just see what it was like. You know? Oh I mean, yeah, yeah. Something that has shocked me over the past couple of weeks is you've had all. I mean, UFOs have been the forefront of a lot of newscasts. People act like they don't care. I mean, they just, there's a lot of people who act like it, it doesn't bother them. They don't care. That's why I believe if if real disclosure is coming, if if that's a possibility, and, and they're really just, we really are getting visited from another planet, and they're really going to let it out. Now's the time to do it. We're so desensitized, and we're, we're so kind of bombarded with other things right. that... And that topic, the belief in that topic has been so ridiculed and so beat down, they're almost to the point that they could come out and go, you know what, E.T. was real. It was a documentary. And, and you know, <laughs> well, and people just go, ah, they're, they're nuts. And they go, but the president and the government says it. Ah, so-and-so done it, whatever president's in office at the time. It's, you know, so if they wanted to let it out and be honest, they're at a point where they could do that. I, I you know, um, they're at a point where I would even question it because they are the ones admitting it. That makes right. it. That makes it. You look at that's the point yeah. I'm at right now. Yeah, yeah. That's, you, you look at what they've gone to 
and I know a lot of people have a lot of different opinions on different guys, but there, there's Greer's not a guy that I'm, you know, I'm 50-50 on between really informative and somewhat crazy. And then you take Billy Myers. That That's a guy that people look at and go, well, this is the most definitive proof ever. To me, that's the fakest yeah. picture me and stuff too. I've ever me seen. It's, that, it's ridiculous. That is a trash can lid yeah. with Christmas balls. And, exactly. <laughs> and, and then you go Travis Walton. Travis Walton is a case that, to me, is very convincing. The The one thing troubling about Travis Walton is the same thing that's troubling about Betty and Barney Hill. Before they actually gave any real testimony, and I'm talking as soon as this guy, as soon as Walton supposedly got back, he was subject to a, a psychologist or a therapist of some degree. Um, it's very easy to implant that. It, it Actually, your brain goes there. Uh, it wouldn't have for him probably at time because of the culture, but um, uh, they did an experiment a while back where I believe it was a lady. They, they put her under hypnosis, and it was like, okay, your car's pulled over. Then all of a sudden you look up, and what's this? What's this in the sky? They gave her no more leading information from there on out, and she came to the conclusion of a very strong fact that she held that they had a hard time. I don't know if they ever did get her to understand that they implanted this, that she was abducted. So... I'm not big on either one of those as being—I'm not being disrespectful. Those people put a lot of time in their good with it, and they really help some people. As far as our large segments of it, pseudoscience, yes. And and I think that's pretty open, uh, and and I I think a a lot of experts would agree with that. But it's dangerous when you get to the point of what they can put in. And and we're kind of at that point socially to where, between social media and the news, we're being influenced. They hire people like that. They hire people who are good at implanting things, good at getting an idea across. That's how they market things. That's how they sell stuff. And and these ads, uh, well, you, you take Facebook. Facebook is based on a slot machine. You roll down, you get a surprise. You know? so, yeah. The social dilemma. Have yeah. you ever watched the documentary oh, yeah. Social Dilemma? Yeah. And like, yeah. No. You, you basically, um, the algorithms that Facebook and these Twitter and all these things use, You, if you start to interact with posts, you see more posts like the ones you interacted with. So eventually, if you've been on Facebook for five years, it looks like everybody either agrees with you or disagrees with you. And then that's what makes the world as separated so today as we are. You know what I'm saying? And, like, again, it goes back to the whole point of, you know, uh, we can't really, we, especially when it comes to disclosure, we can't really trust what we're getting or what we're, we're seeing because, you know, like, is <laughs> do they want us to believe this now and why now? Yeah. If they've known it for a long time, why haven't they released it? But why now? Is it because of the pandemic? Like, they can hide it. They can be like, oh, well, we told you. I mean, yeah, there was a pandemic going on, and you were worried about your life and vaccines and all this stuff. But we told you, so it's not our fault. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or is it we've lost, there are people out there who are either believing or not believing this pandemic. We need to get some kind of control back, so let's release that there's aliens and then get everybody on the same page on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not saying that's what's happening. I'm saying that's a possibility. That sure. Other. And, and it's just, to me, I go back to the whole point of you you follow the money, I guess, and, like, who is making the money off this announcement? Like, is it, it's, it's not us. 
<laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like we're not we're 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 discussing it, and in some way we're getting the word out more about it. But we're doing that for free, and like, is that what it is? Is it the fact that there are so many people out there that are discussing this, like on podcasts and on radio shows and television shows, that the government feels like we've we've got a base of believers now? You know what I mean? Thanks to people like the Here to Chew Bubblegum guys. Mm-hmm. We can put this out there now and people will be like, you know, they've been talking about that lately, so that must be true. You know what I'm saying? Or is it, I don't know, or is it put out even more to discredit people like us who are free thinking and trying to like find different paths and they're like, well, yeah, well, there's there's these, but it's not anything that these podcasts are talking about. It's, it's you know, the government right. has this. I don't know, guys. It's It all goes back, like... I just don't trust anybody. In, in regards to disclosure, I think it's a matter of <clears throat> we're at a point we don't have a Cold War. We don't really have a good live action war, you know, and, and even though we got people putting their lives in danger and they're in bad spots, it's not getting the publicity it needs. But it's also not bringing in the money that in military-industrial complex really needs. and Follow the money. Yeah. To me, that's that's what this, you know, Space Force could end up being the highest funded organization we have after this. And, you know, there's a lot of money. You know, Lady Bird Johnson's parents owned Bell Helicopters, and we stayed in an unwinnable war for a long mm-hmm. time, and her family made a whole lot of money, and Lyndon Johnson made a really intelligent decision and decided to step out and not run again because... One, he was set for life with inheritance, and two, I think that was getting too, too up front. I think people were really looking at that too much, you yeah. know. And you know, Kennedy spoke out against military-industrial complex. A couple of presidents have, you know. But it, it to me, if you're tracing money, how did we get from there to? How did we get from <laughs> simulations to Kennedy? Kennedy, <laughs> I forgot we were talking about simulations here there for a second. Kennedy said that we needed the military-industrial complex like he needed a hole in his head. He got one. You oh, got what? one. You piece of shit. What? How dare you? What? How dare you? Listen, here, no, here's the thing. <laughs> like, you know, Kennedy was, he was all right. Elected by the mob. Are we, look, <laughs> we don't have hours enough for the, for the Kennedy conspiracy. So, uh, what other conspiracy theories you got over there? Uh, Justin Elliott, is there anyone you want to talk about and bring up? What do you got? I've got I've got two left. We're going to talk about TWA Flight 800. This is something you guys probably know about, right? Is that I Malaysia know, or is that? No, this that, is the one that happened in 1996. Uh, was, it, was it off Atlanta. New York? No, uh, yeah. Yes. It got from JFK, yeah. Uh, so And it just, at 13,000 feet, it exploded. And so. But, the, but people thought they saw rockets? Is that the one? There were over 150. Yeah. Uh, over 150 witnesses that said they saw streaks of light go to the aircraft and explode. But later on, the investigation says that, no, by the time you heard that explosion, what you were actually seeing was the rest of the plane as it fell. But I don't see how you could how you can make this. I don't understand. Your sight doesn't work in reverse. So how can you see something leave the surface, go up, and then something return to the surface? Right. So who was on that plane? Um, there were... There were some kids from a, a, a French class, but there was some other stuff on there too. Hang Kennedys on. were there. Kennedys. <laughs> you know, I, I feel I feel really bad about that that joke now. I do. You should. You're a piece of shit. 
Nothing to be you shouldn't feel bad about it. I do. Uh, and don't call our guests that. They come here to express their opinion. I'll call you a piece of shit. Well, you can call me that. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so the, have you seen the movie uh, Final Destination? Yeah. The opening scene with the aircraft, that was actually where they got the um, that from, was from this cl- this crash. I'm just I'm just wondering when when I ask who's on the plane I'm just wondering if there was any like high value target that there's no know. there's nothing that I've read he's not researched that yet to see who's on the plane there, I mean there do you <laughs> want me, you you want me to get a pastor manifest yeah. I don't know what these people all do what well, was well, the thing with the well, you seem to target. have it in Melissa at Denver <laughs> Airport I'm sure that she would do what now supply you with a passenger manifest. Of a plane that crashed twenty five yeah. years ago, yeah. well, you're, uh, from okay. a from an airport that's not hers. Yeah. You're not going to get. I mean, if there is a person of interest on that flight, you're not going to get a manifest of that. Well, no, sure. that's fairly no. easy to. So essentially, the theories are that there was a um, there was a missile that shot and shot it down. It was a theory that a terrorist shot it down uh, with a missile, or that uh, a U.S. Navy submarine shot it down by mistake because they were doing maneuvers off the coast there. Uh, and then, really, what kind of what kind of set that in motion is uh, usually the NTSB handles the investigation of an airplane crash. FBI is called in if there's a criminal act. The FBI was on scene that night, so that's why a lot of people are starting to take the leap to say, "Hey, there's probably something more to this than just a faulty wire that caused a fuel explosion." The there were explosive residues recovered in the in the aircraft, and the the backstory says that that was from a dog training explosives training mission uh, that happened a month prior, which doesn't make any sense to me either. Um, there was also radar data that showed uh, multiple uh, flight paths leading to the aircraft. Um, Yeah, I mean that's essentially yeah, electromagnetic interference. I mean, what, what, what do you guys think? I mean, do you, do you know what a seven forty seven is, right? It's a plane. Yeah, I mean, you you know what it is. Like you've seen one, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so usually this is the ones that they take on transatlantic flights. They fill up the wing tanks. And they leave the center fuel tank. This in this case, the center fuel tank was empty. Had I think fifty gallons of fuel in it. Uh, they are saying that the uh, the hot day and the air conditioning packs being under the fuel tank. Um, created vapor in the tank. Is and this the one set on the runway so long? Yes. Well, it, it kind of comes back to what Elliot said <clears throat> when we were talking about disclosure. It's follow the money. Yeah. And, you know, with a tragic accident like that, the only person of conspiracy theory really benefits in that situation is TWA because if enough things get out there that kind of deflect it, even if it's not completely proven away from the possibility that it was a malfunction, then it doesn't hurt ticket sales. It doesn't hurt their image going forward. And it, it's kind of like, okay, if if you come out and you say um, such and such happened and it, it's a really negative impact on something, and then that journalist is forced to retract that statement, well, that initial accusation is going to be on page one, yeah. That retraction is going to be on page six, and, and it's kind of the same method there. If you initially come out and wow, there maybe maybe the government messed up because nobody likes the government. Maybe the government messed up, right. you know. And 
Yeah, it's just a possibility. That's a way to deflect blame, and it's also a way to, you know, it's not our fault. We don't look as bad. We didn't do something wrong, and it's more advantageous for them if it's kind of viewed through the the spectrum of a conspiracy. Okay. Uh, so former former Obama pilot, uh, TWA Fly 800 was not blown up by a faulty fuel tank. It was shot down. I'll always believe that, and here's why. So this is a, a pilot that was flew for Obama, I guess. Uh, he says uh, there are many reasons to believe the official explanation of what happened to DWA 800. Uh, there's hardly an airline pilot among the hundreds that I know who buys the official explanation that it was a fuel tank explosion. Offered by the National Transportation Safety Board some four years earlier, lots can go wrong with an airplane. Engines can fail. They can catch fire. Devices malfunctions. Pilots make errors, but jets do not explode in midair. If they do, it's usually because they've been shot down or bombed. There's there's little to suggest that there was a bomb aboard, uh, but there's ample evidence to that a missile of some sort detonated in a very close at a very close area to the plane and brought it down. A former colleague who will who will remain unnamed because he's not authorized to speak publicly about this, served as one of the lead investigators representing the interest of TWA fly, uh, pilots. Uh, and I talked with him at length about the investigation after it was completed. I have also spoke with another TWA employee who has knowledge of what went on in the aftermath of the crash, how the investigation was conducted, and what my colleague said he witnessed, not to mention the scores of conflicting eyewitness accounts of the crash, has led me to believe that whatever sent Fly 800 to its fire demise could not have been a fuel tank explosion. So this is a uh, certified pilot who is saying that, uh, and, and by speaking with TWA officials and some others, has come to the conclusion that this is not not just a faulty air explosion. But now this was probably one of the this was one of the pivotal moments of air investigations. They rebuilt the forward section of this seven forty seven in a hangar from the millions of pieces that were on the bottom of the ocean. So they 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 found an area. They, they brought it down to where even where the aircraft unzipped. The fuselage broke apart and began began its first crack and fell apart. So that's where it that's where it came from was the fuel tank. But they can't find exactly what they're looking for. They're they're speculating that it was a a a wire that arced in the tank, but they can't find that wire. Of course, you know, falling from fifteen thousand feet is probably on fire. It's probably not going to, you're not going to find it, you know what I mean? But why have you not had that issue before? That that's kind of the, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Well, follow the money. This guy says something like that, he gets publicity, he gets a thing. But also, you you look at okay, I used to be a certified welder. Uh, not an excellent one, but a certified welder. I could weld the pipe, but I couldn't tell you what if the welder went down, what was wrong with the welder. So you know. Due respect to that guy, I don't know, unless he has some definite insider information. The thing is, if they shot it down, you'll never know, because they're, right. they're going to hide that. Uh, but we're not supposed to fly, you know, I mean, physically. Technologically, we've got that point. There's going to be some issues. Um, it's a hard one, because there's not enough there to prove their side of the story, but there's also not enough there for me to go, okay, that seems strange to me. Yeah, and that was one of the largest conspiracy theories in airline history at that time was the TWA 800 crash. Let me point this out to you. <clears throat> if that did happen the way that they said it did, why has it not happened again? That's what that's what I'm saying. Is like you have you have all of these aircraft, all of these 747s that have been in service since I think the first one flew in the late 60s, early 70s, right? 
and they're still in service today. And you don't have that. You, this is the only time this has ever happened. That is odd. That so, is odd, right? Listen to this. There, there is a apparently there's a, a documentary on the Epics Channel called TWA Eight Hundred. It's a terrific documentary. Okay, questions are raised in the film. Why was an FBI agent found in the aircraft hangar in the middle of the night hammering on a piece of evidence? Mm-hmm. But then they drop them, and it says they they lean towards three smoking guns. First, one wing tested positive for explosives residue, and then the FBI later said that was a false positive. Yeah, and then. Uh, Federal Aviation Administration radar showed fast-moving debris. The film asserts when a center fuel tank explosion would have produced a low-velocity explosion. And then third, some of the witnesses said they saw what looked like a flare, light shooting straight up, which is consistent with a missile. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, just reading this. I mean, if you want to look at it technically then, it's something that has happened more than once. Wasn't there one in Atlanta that they saw the same thing? Um, The... So they thought they saw surface-to-air coming up. Was that Atlanta? No, mm. oh, I don't know. I have that in my head for some reason. Right sometime around the Atlanta bomb, uh, limp bombing of the Olympics. Uh, yeah, this was this happened. Oh, one, it was the, that one. This okay, one, so one I've week, just got it. Yeah, one week before uh, that all went down. Um, but no, this. But here's the thing, though. This certainly wouldn't be the first time the U.S. has accidentally, or our Navy has accidentally shot down a civilian airliner. Oh, wow. I mean, it just happened in, was it Iran? Iran just... Yeah, they yeah. Shot, shot down. They a, shot that one. Yeah. So, well, it was, I, I don't it was know. Russian. We may have shot that one down over Iran. Yeah, we shot. <laughs> there was an Iranian. There was an Iranian passenger liner that was shot down in the Strait of Hormuz, I think. Uh, but that was, I, I don't know. There was it was confusing times, I guess. Uh, not saying that it was uh, acceptable because it's not. Now, now you've got me started. I'm going to have to go home and look up all kinds of TWA at eight hundred. Like, I did seriously? find. I did find a passenger list though. Did you? What, yeah, I found dude, seriously, was, watch that Epics documentary. It is amazing. I will. Yeah. I will. And uh, but one of the names that stood out to me, and I won't say the name, but he was fifty years old. He was a senior systems engineer with the Naval Surface Warfare Center in Dalgreen, Virginia. Hmm. So uh, interesting. I don't know. That sounds like an interesting job to be on a plane that blows up by accident. Yeah. Definitely. I know you've got one more there. Before you do that, let's take a break. We've been going about an hour, and then we'll let you come back and do that one, and we'll do Reagan and UFOs and time travelers. Okay. All right. You want to take us out? Sure. You're listening to here to Chew Bubblegum. Uh, you can always call, text, leave a voicemail, 606-373-3396. Email Goose, here to Chew Bubblegum. Crowdcat, here to Chew Bubblegum. And we'll be right back. Greetings. We come in peace. The City of Cold Run Village Mayor Andrew Scott and City Commissioners Beverly Joe Osborne, Big Joe Atkins, Trey Deskins, and Mike Steele encourage you to shop local. With over 200 businesses, the City of Cold Run Village offers games, restaurants, gas, auto parts, cars, and much more. You'll find all of this and more in the City of Cold Run Village. Shop local and shop often. You can always call, text, or leave a voicemail for Here to Chew Bubblegum. 606-373-3396. You can also send an email to goose at heretochewbubblegum.com or cronkite at heretochewbubblegum.com. 
Well, we're going to wrap it up. Justin, I want to thank you very much for coming in and sitting in on our roundtable here at Bunker Studios. Thank you guys very um, much for having me. I encourage everyone to check out Talk Junkie. And where can we pick your books up at? I prefer you go to the Red Spotted Newton Hazard, Kentucky. You can look them up online. doesn't matter where you live in the country. She will ship, and you will get them cheaper there. But if for some reason she's out of stock, you can't get them there, they are currently available for Amazon Prime, free shipping and all that right now on Amazon. It's uh, two I've done myself as Cold Kingdom and Creating the Perfect Slaves. And then there's two children's books with my son. Everyone is different, just like me and the boy of Super Hearing. Uh, Elliot? Yes, sir. July 1st. July 1st, Spooky Family Podcast coming to uh, anywhere where you listen to podcasts. The, uh, the website is up right now. You can go and visit that. Uh, if you want to contact me at Spooky Family Podcast, it's Elliot at SpookyFamilyPodcast.com. Uh, Gertie, that's my wife, Gertie at SpookyFamilyPodcast.com or Beagle at SpookyFamilyPodcast.com. July 1st, we are looking at uh, a lighter look into the darker side of the world. Uh, we've got some interesting topics coming up. We, uh, we're going to interview some ghost hunters, uh, see what they really think out there. Um, I don't remember Ghostbusters. Uh, how is Elvis? And have you seen him lately? You know that kind of that <laughs> kind of go. good stuff. Uh, we're also uh, building up uh, a little bit of a uh, uh, march towards Halloween. We really want to celebrate that this year and, and just get some fun stuff out there. So uh, yeah, listen to us. Uh, July first will be our premiere episode. Uh, we've already got a couple episodes in the can, but none that we feel. Uh, our premiere worthy so we're 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 recording a little bit every week to try to get up to that point but i'm uh, looking forward to yeah, that i'm looking forward just to because he can it will release on july 1st but he'll actually record it july 2nd that's it's a very good possibility <laughs> that's very that's why i know it's going to be great we've already heard it no. we've already heard it. uh but please tune in and uh you know we'll see how that goes well, coming to things in July, July 31st, Pikeville Comic and Toy Con, we're going to be there, you and I, Goose, and uh, hopefully yes, some other people. Hopefully Justin and Elliot and Spooky Family will be there. We we're going to check you guys be. out. We yeah, be. we're going we're gonna to cruise around. We're going to probably do some shows, talk to some folks, you know, mess around and see what, uh, what all is it about. Uh, their website is PikevilleComicCon.net, uh, and they also have a Facebook page to contact the e-store comic and tech shop at Facebook, or call 606-263-4946 for more information. I want to say special thanks to Carlin for all the voiceover work. Uh, CK, Uncle Bill, and the rest of the gang at DeadPet.com, T-Shirt Joe at FastCustomShirts.com. Check out Talk Junkie with our friend Justin and Down on the Holler with Jordan and Brad. Also, thank you once again, Elliot and Justin, for being here. That'll do it for this week. We'll see you next week, and until then, so long for now. We'll see you. And don't forget, Goose is going to dance on TikTok. No, I'm not. It's going to happen. I've, no, seen, I've seen the future. No, it's not. I'm just going to get real close. I'm not going to break it up. It's really bad. I'm, I'm stopping it now. Thanks for listening to Here to Chew Bubblegum. Tune in next time as we dive deeper into things the government doesn't want us to know.